Welcome back, everybody. This is Going Long on First. We are coming to you from Jeremy's bedroom this time. You might have uh, noticed some disturbing noises in the background last week. <laughs> that was just that was just his chair. Seth, I gotta pause you. What a what a way to line that up. Here we are from Jeremy's bedroom. Oh, we had some disturbing noises last week. Man, come on. You could have you phrased it a little better, but I'm sorry for the rocking chair. It creaks really bad. In that room I was in last, night, last week, I was, I was relegated to the laundry room, and it echoes like a mother something. And uh, it's my bad, okay? I'm sorry. I'm in the bedroom. It's a little quieter in here. Got the dog to my side. Um, I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay? That's right. You'll get you one freebie. We'll give you one, right, Jeremy? All you get is everybody, one. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. That's the rule. Somebody Five can have my one, but that's right. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, let's talk some football, huh? I think we should start with the glorious game that happened on Sunday night. It was a beautiful game. Beautiful snow coming down. Typical, typical night in Wisconsin, Lambeau Field, looking as glorious as ever. So, oh, so I didn't realize it. people actually cared about that game. To tell you the truth, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, not a person, huh? not a person in the world. Let me. Can I just open this up with um, the Titans? Look like they had never seen snow before. Like it was actually like yep. those guys constantly had bad footing. Those guys constantly they just like genuinely looked like they looked like a Florida team, like trying to play in the snow. It was kind of hard to watch at the beginning there. You it know, didn't really it, get much better in the second half, but it was really bad at the start. No, it's true. The weird, I mean, Devontae's feet it was kind of the the all-star of the night, especially Chris Collinsworth. Every every chance he got, he was complimenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And uh, guess who was matched up on uh, good old Devontae Adams for at least half the game? Uh, our friend, the frequently injured Adoree Jackson, made his uh, – made his comeback friend of the and, show friend of the and, show and then proceeded to get torched for two of the three touchdowns to Devonte adams let's, let's be real though it doesn't matter who you put up on Devonte. no there, he's, he's gonna torch him him between him and rogers the one two punch that is those guys right now is honestly kind of unreal would he go 11 for 142 and three tutties that's like, exactly it dude just kind of does what he does anymore um and i mean it doesn't help when the Titans, I mean, they seemed like they were hardly on the field on offense at the beginning of the game, you know, the first half. It just seemed like they couldn't do anything. They weren't really getting much for drives. And then you just got Packers, what, the Packers' first three three drives are touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then hey. finally the Titans score a touchdown towards the end there, you know? Hey, Seth, do you remember um, – it's, it's almost like the Packers didn't punt on Sunday. Is that no. I got an interesting little fact about that. Please do. It's the first time in Packers history, well, pretty much since 1941, when penalties were first tracked, first time the Packers have never committed a single penalty or punted in a game. Imagine that. And the way the the game went, that's kind of, you know, you can kind of feel it. You kind of feel it that way. Now, the haters will say that the refs were on the Packers' side, and I can't blame them for being mad because there were a couple calls, especially that offsides on the blocked kick. That was a pretty nothing He looked offsides to me, Owen. He looked offsides to me. Okay, fair enough, Seth. But for me and Jeremy, I would would probably talk for him on this one that nowhere near 
good enough to call. And then the Aaron Jones stepping out of bounds um, play. But, yeah, I mean, you got to challenge that. You know what I mean? You got you to well, have someone there to we, – that We fell lucky there because everybody talked about how if that was on the Titans sideline, they probably would have. But because yeah. it was on the Packers sideline and Titans, nobody really had a good look at it. By the time they, you know, maybe were able to look at the big screen or whatever, Rodgers was already – but smart on Rodgers, savvy on the offense to get up there right away and – you know, do another play real quickly instead of just taking their time and giving given, um, Vrabel and the Titans time to look at that. Smart really, by them. It really was. Yeah, you know, he was really, really quick to it. Not to, not to change the subject on you guys, but just kind of looking at this, the only two blemishes that the Packers had was Rodgers pick, Rodgers fumble, fumble. That was it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just kind of flipping – I'm flipping through these stats, and it's actually, like, very, very impressive. I think it was LaFleur put out the quote. I don't know. I think it was LaFleur. I don't remember if it was him or Pettin, But they basically made the comment if they kept uh, Derrick Henry, I think it was under 120 or 150 yards. 120. That, uh, was it 120? That you yep. guys would win the game. I mean, you guys kept him on 100 yards. You know what I mean? 98 on 23 is still a pretty impressive game. But for Derrick Henry, that's obviously not what he's been doing this year. I yeah, think actually time, the more – I believe – if I if I looked at it right, first time in the last four weeks that he's been held under a hundred. Yeah. Yep. I nah. think even more impressive than that was what they did to Tannehill, though. I mean, especially oh, yeah. with the weapons Shut that they've had. Yeah. AJ Brown four for forty three, and then ah uh, shoot, Corey Davis didn't do anything all night. Yeah, two I targets. I think two targets, yep. and Alexander was on him on both of those. He was on I, one of them all night, but yeah, one just, of them I remember right was just a blatant drop. Um, he definitely could have had a catch, but uh, no, he he was locked up. That's for sure. Um, yeah, you guys came out and played like a hell of a defensive game, which is it was nice to see out of the Packers because I think it kind of solidifies you guys as probably the number one seed, like you know just the best team in the NFC. In but, our hearts, um, the number one seed. Yes. I, I mean, I've been high on the Packers a little longer than you guys. I think I'm the real Packer fan here. That is true. Um, that is true. This is that this is, is true. hard to say. say. The Eagles fan is higher on the Packers than the than the Packers. Fan. I, I, just, I mean, I have all year. Maybe maybe that makes year. us realists, though. You I think I mean? it does. I mean, we were hyper aware of the defensive struggles, and then Jeremy jumps on the band the bandwagon hey. right as the defense starts getting it together. So uh, hey, maybe you're the good luck term. No big deal. But I jumped on David Montgomery when he started to go off. I mean, I'm just here. I am. Speaking, I just call this a point. Speaking of running backs, uh, in the lead up to this game. We just like to make the comparison because there's really no other no other big bruising running backs in the league anymore, except for Derrick Henry. He's your gold standard. Who was the best running back in this game? This Green Bay versus Tennessee game. Aaron Jones. Mr. AJ Dillon. Come on. 124 yards and two touchdowns. The better version of Derrick Henry, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? Oh, His man. name is A.J. Dillon. How poetic is it to be in, in the game against Derrick Henry to prove himself that he belongs, he was worth a second-round pick, or he will be worth a second-round pick? It's, it's all coming together, Jeremy. You know, I, I will add that Owen and I are not the only ones to make a comparison between him and Henry. I'm pretty sure I believe I heard Collinsworth also mention a little bit of a comparison as well. It's just style, you know? I, I think he's a closer comparison to an in-shape at his peak Eddie Lacy. Like, that's where I'd compare him to. Not Eddie Lacy with, the, you know, the belly, 300 pounds. 
I think he's – I mean, that's the Alabama back I'd probably go to to comparison. To compare somebody to Derrick Henry is just like – because Derrick Henry is like – you could compare Derrick Henry to like Earl Campbell. And I'm not going to sit here and go, A.J. Dillon is the next Aaron – you know, Earl Campbell. Uh, it's a little, it's a little early for that. It's a little early for It's that. very early. That's why I'll keep it a little bit more subtle and I'll go with uh, – I'll go with Eddie Lacy plus the green and gold. I mean, that's that's probably a good comparison. Aaron Jones, though, come on, guys! Like that dude was just having a damn game. I mean, well, they both were. They both were. They both had yeah. their way. Well, I mean, I mean you guys AJ, really, you guys really kind of played ball control on the ball control team in the sense because, like, what you guys did running the ball with two backs is what Tennessee's been doing all year round with Derrick Henry. And then on top of it, it's like Devontae Adams got whatever he wanted. You know, what I mean, Devontae yeah, Adams yeah. was. It was just wherever he was at. Um, it was impressive. It was it was like all around a very impressive performance for the for the Packers. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have a great offense, but man, Tennessee's defense is really starting to look like soft, hot, soft. Hot garbage. Yeah. yeah Especially without like, Jadavian Clowney, who I believe is out this week as well. Oh, right, I just want to right. throw that in there. <laughs> I just think though, like I expected a lot more of them. Um, I got the highlights going in front of me right now, and dude, Devonte is just doing whatever he, he really does. is. He did. There he, was one. There, uh, there was one play. I think the the one other blemish on offense was uh, Tunyon wasn't really a factor in this game. He would have had a long touchdown, but he. I think he was kind of having trouble in the snow himself. He couldn't yeah. find his footing. There was one route in the end zone where he kind of slowed down right as the ball was coming to him, and Rogers made sure he knew it. <laughs> He was yelling at him. Well, it was, right it like went right off his fingertips almost. And right okay. after that, he throws the dime to the equanimous St. Brown in the end zone on a post. So You want to say that again, Owen? Equanimous St. Brown. First career touchdown for that man. It's a good day. Good day for it. That was yep. – it was – speaking of the defense, definitely their best game all year long. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just you know, total total domination on all fronts. I mean, they held Tannehill to I think eleven completion, less than fifty percent, hundred and like forty yards, two picks. Should have been three because Savage dropped one. Yeah, I was going to say it could have been three or four. That's what I was just going to say. Savage Sav- dropped one, and uh, yeah, I think there was one other drop one. I mean, there. Jair Jair was getting his hand in front of. Oh yeah, everything that came to him. Yeah. Um, Tannehill got sacked twice, but he seemed like he was getting hit every other play. Well, yeah. both of those interceptions, really, all three, if you want to throw that third one in there from Savage that he dropped, all three was pressure right in his face, and he kind of just yeah. lobbed yep. it up almost, and it was somebody was right there for it. Yeah. He had, he Beautiful. Had the Ryan-esque stuff. Yeah. Not yeah, Ryan's the, known for that. He had the one uh, RPO where he took it all the way for a touchdown. You can see how much the Packers are committing to Derrick Henry. So yeah. I, I, I know, didn't mind Maybe they should have done that a little bit more. Maybe. You know – I'm not going to lie, boys. As I'm watching this, A.J. Dillon looks a lot more like Eddie Lacy to me than Derrick Henry. He even kind of, like, runs with the same type of lean. You he's see what he's doing, just, Seth? He, he doesn't want to admit it was the perfect, boys, perfect game not, for A.J. Dillon to show up. To 124 yards. Just for Jeremy. Eddie, he did it just for Eddie, Jeremy. He had, like, a 5.5-yard average. You guys are sitting here talking about how, like, you guys acting like Eddie Lacy is just some – Snub? I mean, this guy's no, no good. No, I'm trying to accentuate the fact that you want to go away from the A.J. Dillon, Derrick Henry comparison when we Bad were comparison. right all along. No, Bad comparison. No, you're right. We're, we're still not saying that he's going to be Derrick Henry ever in his life. It's still just proving the point that he's 
He's a run through a mother's face kind of guy. He did. It. Did you see? Did you see that one I sent you guys where he just his last touchdown just it was a defensive lineman that absolutely destroyed him. It was like he was yeah. he was there and then he was gone. Yep. And then so I'm, was, I'm sticking with it though. I'm sticking yeah, with no, it. It reminds fine. me of more of Eddie Lacy. It's, it's not just a terrible comparison. Yeah. And the thing about it is he's got he's he's thick throughout to where Eddie uh, to where uh, Derrick Henry's old legs. You know that dude's got some long legs. And Plus he's like Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say Henry's like 6'3". He'll get out and just outstride guys. Dylan's not that type. He's more of a – he reminds me of Eddie Lacy, like a, an in-shape Eddie Lacy. I, I, I can see it as well. It, it, you know, he better stay in shape because he's probably going to be the back next year. Yeah. The way he played last – or Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, points. if they get a couple of weeks to have him like this in the playoffs, I mean, yeah. he definitely could be the guy. Uh, David Long, your guy you pointed out a few weeks ago, number 51, all over the field. He was the only bright spot on the Tennessee defense. Um, other than that, I don't know. What do you guys think of Tennessee and AFC playoff picture, I guess, would be the big question. You know, that's a, that's a good one to move into, and that's, that's hard because, as you know, yeah. Owen, we were talking about this before, before we started, you know, how muddled that AFC picture looks because you got, I think we said, what, five or six teams that are 10 and five. And even, any one of them could be in or out, depending on how next week happens. And it, Tennessee has a tough game where Indianapolis plays Jacksonville, so I could yep. easily see that. And I think they have the tiebreaker, correct? Tennessee? No, Indy. Indy, I think you're right. And Tennessee could, in that case, could find themselves out of the playoffs completely. Which is crazy because a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. – you know, a lot of people, me included, were saying they were one of the best teams in the league. Yep. So the way the way it's shaping up right now is you've got the three, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Steelers are locked up. The Steelers pulling together in the second half against the Colts. Oh my God. Um, I think Tennessee's got the. I think they got the tiebreaker, don't they? That's Tennessee, the way. It looks yeah, like. I can confirm Tennessee does actually have the tiebreaker. Yep. You know, and and my yep. mistake actually, Indy plays Jacksonville, Tennessee. Plays Houston. Yes. Which so both could both should be wins, really. Indy Indy clinches AFC South title with Indy win Tennessee loss or tie. That has to happen for them to win it. Or Indy tie Tennessee loss, you know, obviously. So if Tennessee wins it, they get the division pretty much. If Tennessee wins, they get the division. Indy can make a playoff berth with they basically have to win. Regardless, and then they have to have Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami help them. Yeah, see, it's it's there's so many teams that are right there trying to get in. It's the AFC's it's, tight. The AFC's really tight. Between, I mean, between uh, you got Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, and Cleveland, and then the Colts. The Colts are the ones that need the most help. Is the thing, which is funny because I mean the Colts are probably more dangerous than both of the AFC North teams, honestly. I would agree with that. They're a more consistent team. Yeah. Both I, I mean, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, I, I would in a in a five game series, would I take Cleveland or Indy? I'd probably take Cleveland. But in a in a one game series, I'm probably taking Indy because who knows what Brown's team is gonna show up on any given true. Sunday. You know, can we take this and jump straight into Pittsburgh Indy? 
I mean, yeah, it's it's still the South. I'd like to keep it on the South a little bit. Titans, Colts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I just because this is the game I got the most notes about because I like. I'm not gonna lie. The start of this game, I was like, "Yo, Indy on fire." I've been so right about the Steelers all year long. And then, what the hell? <laughs> you know, literally, it was that Deontay Johnson touchdown from Ben. Like, and what a throw and everything. Just what a play in general. And then the whole game swung. And, like, I don't think Indy did anything the rest of the game. But, it, like, watching that first first half, the Steelers, like, at one point in time, you're sitting there watching, and it's like the Colts are up 24-7, and it felt like that game could have been 40 to nothing at that point in time. That's what it felt like. Um, the Colts had, I think it was three – they said it during the broadcast, if I remember right. I think the Colts either had three or four times the yardage of Pittsburgh in the first half. Like, it was just wild. And then all of a sudden, bang, Ben hits that Deontay Johnson pass. And then all of a sudden, here's Ben taking all these shot passes, you know, these shot plays. Yep. And they're just tearing it up. The Colts, the Colts were down their two starting tackles, if I remember right, on offense. And then I think they lost a guy to injury during the game, too. Um but it was just the Colts marching the whole first half. They were just putting these drives together, these long drives, play after play after play. Jonathan Taylor showing up all over again. That dude is coming along really quickly to where at the beginning of the season he kind of looked like crap. Um, but then it just started turning into, you know, at the end of the game you got – I got it written down here. Here we go. By the end of the game the Colts go punt, field goal, three straight punts to finish the game. Like they didn't yep. do anything in the second half. Like nothing. And it was just like you got – TJ Watt showing up big. You got Ben going like prime Ben and hitting these big throws. But it was like in the beginning of the game, you sit here and you think like, oh, the Colts got the better old guy at QB, you know? And at the end of the game, you sit there and question yourself like, Rivers kind of fuzzled out. You know, he like just was nothing, yeah. you know, halfway yeah, through the game. That, that, that Pittsburgh defense stepped up again, like they've been doing pretty much week after week and kept, kept that offense in the game, kept them in the game until the offense woke up. You know, the, like you just said, it was, what, five straight punts or whatever in the second half pretty yep. much? Just just stopped them every time and gave that offense enough chances to take the lead and then hold it. It was kind of wild to watch, too, because it's just like the Colts are just marching, like play after play, Taylor this, you know, Taylor sweep, Taylor dive, bang, T.Y. on the slant, you know. It was just like they're hitting these guys like this, you know, and it's just like – the first half of that game, it looked like they were going to run away with it. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's both of his touchdowns that came in the beginning of the game. Now, it's like, I guess they – and you see teams do this a lot. You just got to march out the clock at the end of the game, and they just couldn't do it. And then their defense just started giving up play after play after play. I mean, Ben finished his game with 342 yards and three touchdowns. Like, and the, the numbers look good then, for Ben. They, they look do, good. They do. Well, and then it's the thing. They had 20 yards rushing. 20 yards rushing the Steelers. That's it. Juju yeah. shows up in a big way. Deontay Johnson has that big catch. Eric Ebron, you know, Eric Ebron's one of those pieces that can really like wreck a defensive game plan because he's not really a tight end, but he's not really a receiver. He's just a big guy that runs really good routes. But it's just like looking at this nine catches for Juju, eight for Deontay Johnson, four for Claypool. Claypool, Claypool had a really big drop in the first half. Ebron with five, Connor with five. Washington's got his, you know, two in the vent. They're just – everybody's catching the ball all over the place, you know. Juju yeah. yet to have had 100 yards. I mean, he still has – I've seen that stat about Juju, how many 100-yard games he had with uh, A.B. and then how many without. Um, 
that's starting to look more and more and more like like a real thing. Like Juju's not a true number one receiver. But I mean, this game it didn't matter because like once Ben got rolling in the second half, they just this game was literally twenty four to seven at the first you know in the first half, and then the, the Colts didn't do crap the rest of the game. Yep. It really was. And what was the big story, yeah. Seth? You probably know this one where uh, uh, I can't remember if it was Ben or Tomlin at halftime when they threw out the whole offensive playbook, basically, and he's basically just doing playground, writing plays, telling guys the routes in the middle of the huddle. Juju said he was just drawing stuff up in mid-huddle. Is yeah, he said that? Ben was doing that. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of when um, when McCarthy was coaching Green Bay and – Rogers would just go out there and just do some playground stuff. Just, all right, you go there, you go there. I'm going to run around for 15 seconds and then throw it until somebody gets open. And, and, and if, it, there's, if there's a couple quarterbacks like that, it's Rogers and Big Ben. You know, Ben's big say. enough to just shut up the tackles, and Rogers can just make – and even, even at this point in his career, Rogers has got the arm talent and still the physical ability to get out of the way. Ben's not – I mean, his arm talent seems like it flashes every now and then. Ben's not the – I mean, he never really was an athlete, to be honest. But he's no. not the athlete he once was. But he can still shed tackles. But those are the two, like, sandlot football guys like that that just, like, draw it up in the dirt. Hey, I'm going to go do this nonsense. And then just whip the ball up, bang, touchdown. Yeah, you know? and I guess the first part of that story was they were saying that Indianapolis was just calling out the plays before they were happening. Kind of like I think Lamar Jackson said that on Rich Eisen earlier in the year. But they were just calling out – Indy was just calling out plays. I think it was Darius Leonard. Yep. Calling plays when they before they happened, and Ben just got fed up at halftime. He's like, "Screw this, we're not doing it anymore." Um, and then all of a sudden, he looked good. Like I think most of his, you know, three hundred of his yards probably came in the second half. Took over the offense, and it looked better. I mean, we, yeah. we were talking earlier about coaches who need to go. Their offensive coordinator definitely needs to go. Yep. Oh, no yeah. Oh, Randy Fitchner. Yep. I was going to sure. say, there's a there's a couple of these top tier teams that need some shake. You don't give it a Tomlin. I mean, Tomlin's great. But, yeah, I mean, the Steelers' offensive coordinator, got to go. I mean, there's a couple spots like this. Honestly, Patton in, in uh, Green Bay is another guy. Maybe you move on from him. You know? Well, I mean, there's a not couple after spots Sunday. Like Sunday he might have saved a job. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the like, – we'll see how the playoffs go and next I'm week. I'm just saying there's what a couple of these top Sunday. teams. Yeah, 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 there's a couple right, of these top right. teams, though. I'd say Seattle's defensive coordinator is like that for a while. They're, they've created a defense now, but, yeah. It, out of nothing. There's a couple yeah, spots like that. Out of nothing. Literally, like, nothing. Sticking <laughs> to this game, did you guys hear the controversy over um, Ben and his uh, knee injury? I, I can't remember if it was, like, an MCL sprain or something like that, but apparently he's been hurt for the last few weeks, and he's been getting treated on the side, so they say, and uh, they haven't revealed anything to the – to the press or, you know, to the NFL or whatever. But apparently he's been so – the reports are is he's been actually hurt the last few weeks and hasn't been, uh, you know, normal. Of course, Ben's always hurt, it seems like, anyway. But I was yeah, just going to say. He's always got a walking boot on. <laughs> I'll jump in here real quick. Ben Roethlisberger is one of those guys. I don't trust the injury report with him because there's always something, something. You know what I mean? And it's at, he's one of those guys at the end of the season, if all of a sudden it pops up, this guy was playing with a torn ACL all year long. You're not surprised, you know, at all. Yeah. You know? I think uh, when then now it's come out that for sure it's confirmed Mason Rudolph will be starting week 17. Big yep. Ben will get his rest yep. week next yep. week. They're, they're, so it came out uh, when they're talking to Tony Romo and Jim Nance before the game. A lot of the Steelers players really had a lot to say about how they didn't really get a bye week this year. 
So yeah. it sounds like they plan to take week 17 and pretty much use it as a bye week for the starters, which you got to take your time eventually, you know what I mean? Cause they're not going to get a first round bye, obviously. So, I mean, you might as well, I mean, you're in, you've locked in your, your playoffs. Who, who really cares what your seating is now? Just it's, uh, Yeah. I guess your second or third seed, you're looking at, you know, the, all, the last four teams in the AFC bubble are all kind of the same Miami, Baltimore, yeah. Cleveland, uh, Indy you're going to play one of those at home. So I'm not sure. Exactly. Really but the I team mean, that I you'd guess... probably – I was it. just going to say the teams that you'd probably – you obviously don't want to play your, your interdivisional rivals three times in a season because you know each other so well. The one yeah. that I'd be – I guess I don't know if I'd really be more worried about one than the other. Lamar is just dangerous, but I wouldn't worry about Lamar in the playoffs like that. But Cleveland, if they put it together, they might just steamroll it. But, yeah, I guess you'd probably want Miami out of that because they don't know you as well. But – it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Right. It's probably just a better idea to rest up your players than worry about who you got to play. That's right. It definitely for Pittsburgh. Easily for Pittsburgh. I, I get it. It's smart. Really, it is. Because if Ben is hurt, you want to try to get him healed up as much as possible for the playoffs. Yep. And rest up some of these other guys. Like you said, James Conner, who doesn't look like a running back anymore in this league. No. Pretty much. But rest him up a little bit, too, because you're going to need a running game for the playoffs. And they don't really have one right now, no, they so don't they got to try one. to figure out something. Yeah, I was going to say the Steelers pretty much go out there and play seven on seven. Like they're they don't run the ball; it's just getting the ball out, moving it. I mean, they had twenty yards rushing the ball. They had twenty yards running, and I think they had one ten yard run. Like that's not running the ball at all. So I don't no. know. All right, so let's stay in the AFC, and uh, I'd like to go back to the Jets, who shocked the world. They went in and they shocked the world, and they won again. Despite, is it really that shocking after they've won one before? Yeah, you know, I guess you win one. What has Owen said? Uh, uh, one, is, uh, one week is an anomaly. Two to three weeks is a trend. I get it. But here's – and I'm only, take, I'm only taking a defensive position in this because I am the only one that picked Cleveland in this game. Uh, so the, you have to put the caveat that four of their top receivers – we're That's out of this true, game true, with COVID true. protocol. Now, they should probably should have had a better plan to be able to use Chubb and Hunt effectively, which they did not. Um, but still, that's a big, uh, big hamstring right there. You're not wrong. That's a, You're it's not a wrong. big loss for Cleveland, talking about playoff teams. like They pretty much could have solidified their spot in the playoffs if they would have won this game. But they go in, they lose to the to the Jets, who are now two and thirteen, and they're pretty much officially out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. But yeah, who needs them? Got Sam really, Darnold. Who needs? I them? was just gonna say, I don't think they really care anymore. I think like Darnold's been showing up week in and week out. No, he's not like he's not going off like say Herbert in, in uh, uh, L.A. But like Darnold's putting up respectable numbers, like sixteen for thirty-two, not amazing, but he's got two touchdowns. And he's throwing these touchdowns to Braxton Berrios and Jameson Crowder. Like these and guys are like important thing there anywhere. quickly is no turnovers. Yeah, none. I mean, he didn't even have a fumble this week. That's the thing is like Sam Darnold's really he's showing up and showing out with nothing. I think the Jets are honestly almost better to like just build around Darnold. They're gonna have so many pieces too. Like if they traded back in the draft, I mean somebody's gonna want to move up to the two to get a, a draft a quarterback. You know, I mean, say the Redskins after they just cut Haskins or something like that. You mean Washington? But somebody's going to 
Yes, yeah, so the football team. My bad. <laughs> um, so, so somebody's going to want to move up. Quickly on that, did you hear um, Al Michaels say that on Sunday night? Anybody catch, catch that? that? I did. Yeah, catch that. he. I was like, ooh. Oh, he Sunday did. Yeah. Night, he and he corrected himself pretty quickly, but I'm like, ooh, that. I think that's the first time I've heard that all season. I think I heard it once way earlier in the season. It might have been when the Eagles played him. I can't remember. I think I did hear it once, but it it's bound to happen for the first it year is. or two. You know what I mean? I mean, especially because no, they don't really have a name. You know, it's the football exactly. team. So. The football team. Anyways, no, continue. I, I think that's a team that might be looking to move up to get a quarterback because they're probably a quarterback away. Could you imagine what a Justin Fields would do for the football team? Like, this is, this is the thing is, like, the Browns could use this, like – this could be uh, – not the Browns. The Jets could make probably the first good football decision they've made in years, other than maybe selecting Sam Darnold and, like, fire Gase, take this, turn it into some serious draft capital, and then surround them with an offensive line, pick up some good defensive players. Like, they could actually turn this into something. Wide receivers basically grow on trees anymore. I mean, you can draft a good wide receiver in the first three rounds of the draft. The Steelers have been drafting receivers in the second round for years now and turning them into guys. So it's like – you turn that second round pick, you flip it to somebody like Washington, they go up to get that quarterback, a team that's going to need to move up, you know, that has a good team. They're, this is probably the best year of all of to say, screw that second overall pick. We lost out on Lawrence. Let's take our pick, flip it to somebody that needs it, that's a quarterback away because yep. the Jets are at least a year or two away. Pick up all this draft capital, maybe get a player back in it. And, I mean, this could turn into, like, a team that's – they could be, like, a red – Washington next year you know if you go get if, if you go get some good players in the draft I mean they, they could be a year or two away depending on uh, Darnold could turn into something I mean he doesn't look terrible they I, I definitely think they would need to add some legitimate weapons on offense because there's not a for lot sure. there especially a sure. running back who I mean their leading rusher is Frank Gore and that 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 says it right there that's all you need to say but you know I seen a picture of Frank Gore's rookie year and the picture is black and white. So, yeah, they, uh, they need <laughs> okay. to get rid of that guy. They got to just let him retire. You know, he might not want to retire. What if he wants to come back? You know, he, could, he could be a player coach. Yeah, okay, okay. At, at this point, if they, I mean, let Denver, if they wouldn't let Denver do it, why would they let the Jets do it? Well, yeah. he could be an active player. It's, it would be different if he was, like, an active player. You know what I mean? i just throwing sure. it out there. It's not like anybody ever does that anymore, but just throwing it out there. But, yeah, you're right. I – I think they need to stick with Sam at this point. I mean, they're not going to be – they're not getting that number one pick, so I agree. All right, so we'll move on from there. We're, you know, we always love to talk a Jets win, you know, especially next week, hopefully. But I know we, we literally said nothing about the Browns, but let's just move on. <laughs> well, what is there to say about the Browns that we haven't said already other than it, it's the Browns? You know, and, I mean, Owen said it all pretty much. They half their team was on the COVID list. It's it's really hard to gather much from this game specifically. Obviously, you don't want to lose to the Jets in any capacity. Um, but so they got a big game here against uh, against the Steelers at home. We'll get to that later in the betting. But they're playing for their lives right now. They wouldn't be had they won that game. So it still yeah. kind of sucks in both ways. I think they're getting all their receivers back this week, though. So this will be a real test. That's that. The one thing I'll say about the Browns is they almost like coached their way out of this game. I don't want to just blame it straight on the coach, but like they threw the ball 53 times and they ran at 18. Now, yeah. two point, you know, 2.5 yards of carry and 2.8 yards of carry by Hub and uh, 
Hunt and Chubb is not good. But those are the type of backs that you let keep going to try to matriculate, oh, yeah. you know, yardage and like get going. Throwing the ball 53 times with Baker to basically Austin Hooper, you know, that's not going to win a game. You know, you they really should have stuck to the ground game and ran this game out. But And it's not like they were down by three touchdowns. It's not like they had to throw the ball 40, 50 times. I mean, no, they, they lost by – the the They lost by a touchdown, so – yeah, if they would have just – yeah, exactly. You know, they were out-coached if they were been a little smarter that way. But, all right. So Crazy to see Adam Gase out-coach somebody. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's 2020 for you. All right. So, we'll stay in the AFC because we're going to move on to the Chiefs. I want to talk to the Chiefs. They, they won on Sunday. Not an impressive win, but they did win again. So, they're 14-1, and one, have the best record in football. But the Chiefs haven't looked – Chiefs ask Chiefs like the last couple of weeks, you know, is this a bad time for them to be coming into a little bit of a lull? I don't know if they're just bored because they're, I mean, they've been. It almost so seems good. like it. Yeah. Seems I mean, like they, yeah. But they can't do that in the playoffs because they can't do that against the bills or some of these other teams who are, you know, are better than the Falcons who should have won this game. On yes. Sunday, you but know, they, Seth, it's, but it's they lost like... in Falcon style. It's almost like somebody was trying to tell you guys that Kansas City was carrying their struggles into this game. I thought they were going to win, but they definitely weren't going to cover 10.5 points. I'll take a win on that. I was called crazy. Yeah, I was called literal names last week <laughs> for picking names. Atlanta to stay within 10 points. Look at me now. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm I'll give you that one. Scolded we'll, we'll by give my you parents that. right now. This is wild. Right, I kind of right. thought, thought the Chiefs would wake up a little bit, but – them only winning by three really made me look at my top five and just kind of think outside the box a little bit. Oh, tease. you're gonna move we'll Chief, Seth. I'm just, I'm just saying the number one spot. I'm he's just saying put the Steelers back at number one. He's gonna do something stupid like no, that. No, I think he's gonna like, rec- oh. he's gonna reclaim the his Packers fandom over over you, Jeremy. He just he feels offended that you're the bigger Packers fan, so now he's got a one up yet. I'm it's just saying sure that, that the Chiefs have not been very impressive the last couple of weeks, and it, it's coming okay. to playoff time. And they, to me, they look vulnerable. That defense, while the defense played pretty solid, they only gave up 14. They probably should have given up more. But that defense and that offense, unless Mahomes is cooking, it, it, I don't know. They, just, they don't seem like this mega super ultra team that they were at the beginning of the year, just putting up 40 points with their eyes closed. So, I'm going to say something real quick. I'm going to read off some numbers to you real quick. The number one passing leader in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. The number one receiving leader in the NFL, Travis Kelsey. The number two in touchdowns right now, Cheetah. Number three in interceptions, Honey Badger. 23-1 and in their last 24 games. And you're going to tell me that they're not the best team in the NFL right now? I'm just really? – all I'm doing is entertaining the question. I'm not going <laughs> out there. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Nobody in the playoffs is going to just shut down Pat Mahomes in their offense. They, they genuinely look like they're – The Falcons like, did. The, that's not the playoffs. The Falcons don't matter, Seth. This game does not really matter. This, the Chiefs could – they could sit their starters for the next two weeks, and they're fine. Now, what I will say – yeah, I get where you're coming from. It, it's, it's a little underwhelming by their offense. But the one thing it takes me back to is when Andy Reid was in Philly, he kind of pulled this late season stuff when, like, the Eagles with Donovan McNabb 
when we used to be like just kind of the, you know, the head honcho for the NFC East, he'd kind of shut down the offense at the end of the season. It was like he was not trying to show off the playbook going into the playoffs almost. Now, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if they look kind of sputtering out or if they look like they're bored. But I'll say this looks good by the Chiefs defense. It definitely looks good by the Chiefs defense. That's something – that's a positive to pull away by, you know, the best team in the NFL that they they have two sides of the football. But I I wouldn't worry about that offense. That offense is so dangerous. Why would – you can't worry about them. You know what I mean? The only only thing I worry about – and I had this worry coming in for the Packers – Luckily, they do have something to play for this week, and they won't be resting starters. Is the Chiefs now? He now Andy Reid didn't say who he's sitting this week, but he is sitting some select starters. I just yep. worry about having two bye weeks in a row. What what that kind of what that can do because it 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 always seems to have a negative effect, at least in some facets of the game. Not that it's an automatic loss. I'm just. I'm just worried. You say no worries, but I am a little worried about stagnancy. Like that word? I'm not even sure it's a word. Anyway. We'll take it. We'll put it. We'll add it. Playing any of these, like any of these AFC teams, whether it's say they say they get Baltimore, uh, they they have to host Baltimore in the divisional round after two weeks sitting starters. I don't know. The one thing I'll say to you is, and I dug it up because I remember when Andy Reid was still in Philly, the year when it started to fall apart, he was undefeated coming off the bye week. I dug it up. Andy Reid in his 22 years as a head coach is 18-3 and coming off the bye week. I am not worried about him coming into the playoffs, especially with two weeks off. Do you realize the game plan that guy's going to put together just to – I don't doubt it if the Chiefs sit Pat Mahomes and some of these select starters for two weeks and then the first game of the playoffs, they put out 55 points on somebody. I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Just I mean, some they, wild they always, I, I would, yeah. I would, I would lead towards the other way. I, I, I'm more, I'm more on Owen's side in this because you know I've already said it, but yeah, it, two weeks off is a lot for any team. That's a lot. I mean, and that's I what, think his yeah, that's, that's Super Bowl every year. That's the Super Bowl every year. Dang. Going into the Super Bowl, you have two weeks off. But both every, teams. But it, it's it's kind of a circus almost. It's not two weeks of just sitting around doing nothing. Like it's. It's like a week of prep, and then you're doing a week of, like, Super Bowl media paparazzi crap. So, it's not like I you're mean, sitting around you're, doing nothing. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but, no, I just – I wouldn't worry about that. That's if fair, I was a Chiefs fan, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Because you still have to level – like, you're still, you're still the Chiefs. You still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, you still got one of the best coaches in the NFL. Probably the best coach coming off the bye week, honestly, because his, his record is insane. You got the best quarterback in the NFL. You got the best offense in the NFL. I, I'm, I ain't worried about that. Get an offense healthy, and then they're going to be probably playing. I, I'm, just, I'm not worried about it. But right. then you fall asleep at the wheel, and you got the Buffalo Bills circling the wagons, coming for that ass in the AFC Championship. I want, I want for that ass. Buffalo at Kansas City. Please get to me. I would love I'm, that. I would love that. And at this point, I'd probably take Buffalo. To, wow. Oh shoot! I mean, at this point, it'd be a good game. That's oh, what I for think. sure. I I think. Yeah. I mean, the the Bills are playing. To me, the Bills are playing their best football right now, and the Chiefs are definitely not. I mean, the the I think the tide is in their favor almost at this point. If 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 they play tomorrow, yeah, yeah. All right. So, be- Let's move on to a team that is trending upwards a little bit. 
Uh, definitely the last three weeks. Really, you could say the last four, but they're on a three-game winning streak. But yeah, it pains for me to go this way, but I think we should talk about the Bears and uh, how they've overcome all these offensive woes and problems through most of the season. And uh, they scored 30 points in the last four games. I think that's the first time ever in Chicago history, if I remember correctly. But, I mean, have the Bears figured out this offense? They're, they're a game away from being in the playoffs. If they can beat Green Bay next week and a couple other things happen, they'll be at 9-7. and seven. But, you know, would they be a threat in the playoffs if they made it? You know, have they figured out this offense? Trubisky looks better since coming off the bench. He looks like a legit quarterback, using his legs a little bit more. But have they found something? In Chicago. I, I'm going to jump on this right away. I think they have the roster to mix it up. Um, with Trubisky playing the way he is, um, Montgomery is a solid, two good starting running back. And then when you're having solid, games where – Solid, Owen. Solid, solid to good. Uh, when you got games where Allen Robinson's showing up catching 10 for 103, no touchdowns, but Jimmy Graham is catching two. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good offense. That defense is, is really good. As long as the defense shows up and holds teams to, you know, 15 points roughly, that Bears offense, the way it's playing, can put up 20, 25 points a game. And as long as that defense is, you know, showing up and playing the way they are, Cleo Mack and the boys, yeah, I definitely think they could. They could mix it up with somebody big time. So if they get into a shootout, it's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, the defense has been pretty solid all year. Uh, ex- except for when their offense fails them. But <laughs> when they're not, yeah, exactly. when the offense is running, they're able to keep it close no matter what. Here, let me throw – we're going to play a little game here. I'm going to give you two stat lines, right? Running back one, 4.4 yards per attempt. Eight to three <laughs> yards per catch. 76% catch rate. 24th in running backs ranked in defensive – Adjusted value over average. Love that stat. My favorite stat. Here's the running back two. 4.2 yards per attempt. 7.6 yards per catch. 89% catch rate. 20th in defensive adjusted value over average. I'm telling you that these running backs vary the same stat lines, same in productivity. One of these running backs starts for the Chicago Bears. His name is David Montgomery. I'll take that running back. The other running back is Jamal Williams, probably the third string running back in Green Bay right now. Really? Wow. Wow. The only difference, one starts for a team and the other is on a good team. That's the only difference? The one only doesn't play with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. That's the only difference? Well. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, I, that, that surprises me. That does. That really does. Good, good. Good job on your part doing a little research, firing back at Jeremy for that. I like that. I needed – so here, here's the deal. I'm not picking Jamal Williams over David Montgomery on just on sure. paper. But I'm just saying that he, he, he hasn't been impressive at all up until the Packers game. He lit, he lit a fire under his butt, whether it's the offense play calling got better, whether Trubisky – is just starting to show up and lead the offense a little bit. It was it was right before Trubisky come back because Nick Foles was still in there when he started to kind of. I think the Green Bay game, the Green Bay game was Trubisky's first start. Yep, it was. Uh, yep. Um, and that's kind of where I level it out. So yes, he has been impressive the last four weeks. 
five weeks now. Um, will he? He's the only cog in this offense for the playoffs. It's sad to see. They're probably gonna. I'm. They're gonna miss the playoffs, in my opinion. But let me let me let me do this little this little playoff thing here. They they probably will because they play Green Bay on Sunday, and Green Bay still has something to play for, so they're gonna be coming at them hard. It's true. One hundred percent. It's true, but the the Cardinals do have to take care of business against the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams are just in. I don't unless the Bears win, then the Rams can get jumped out for Arizona. On the bubble, so. on the bubble is Arizona. Arizona has to have some stuff help them. So um, Arizona, the home, I th- I think the way it looks is Arizona has to have Chicago lose, and correct. they beat L.A. for them to get in. They just nope. have to win. Arizona just has to win because they're playing L.A. So Yo, you're right. We talked about that because if L.A. loses, then they're out. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so that kind of makes it easy for them. They just have to win, and they're in. So the Bears um, theoretically could still be in if they lose? Time out. Time out. Time out. If Chicago wins, they're in regardless. If Arizona loses, Chicago's in. That's, how the, That's the two. If Arizona loses – and uh, Chicago loses. Hold on. This, actually, this doesn't make a whole ton of sense. It says Arizona clinches playoffs berth with Arizona win or Arizona tie and Chicago loss. Yeah. So, obviously, the tie, the tie is just a weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It, because if, if, if the Rams were playing a different game, then there'd be more extra stuff to worry about. But they just have to be – the Rams. And if the Rams and the Bears or if the Cardinals and the Bears win, then the Rams are out. So it's a little like little ring around the rosy for them. Also, I mean, same thing for the top three seeds with the Saints, Packers, and Seahawks. Yeah. Packers win, they get it. If the Packers lose, they're gonna lose if the Packers lose and the Saints or no. Packers lose and the Seahawks win, they go down to the second seed. Packers lose and the Saints and the Seahawks win. Green Bay goes down to the third seed. So we got Crazy. some carousel. We got some carousel happening this weekend. Ah, you know, I just I just I think that's this makes for a good year and a, a fun last week, but just like how complicated this year has been for all these teams and how muddled the playoff picture looks. But I think that also speaks to the NFL getting rid of uh, the buy seed or the buy for the number two seed, which I yeah. think was good overall because it makes a say. lot more teams competitive and adding that seventh spot as well. But like, it makes that number one seed so important. Like, look, like you just said, Owen, like three teams still have a shot at the number one seed and are going to be playing for it hard on Sunday. Sure. All right, Jeremy. Would you like to would you like to skim over some Eagles, Jalen Hurts notes? I know last week you said that he, he should run for president, maybe, you know, man of the year kind of thing. <laughs> How, how's your feeling on that one this week? You know, Hurts, um It hurts, is that what you said? He, he looked like a high <laughs> hurts a little I, I'll, bit. I'll say this. He he still looked like a high level rookie quarterback to me. Um the one the one the first pick he threw was that one was a little frustrating, but you understand where it comes from because he's a guy trying to make a play, so I get it. Um, the second one was a little bit more just kind of late in the game. Didn't really matter. I This game almost swayed me back to the fire Doug Peterson because he, he just totally goes away from running the ball again. Like, 
Miles finishes the game with 15 for 57. But there was a point in the first half where Miles Sanders had like six, seven, eight carries or whatever it was. And we only threw the ball like four times at the point. And Miles was like chunking it up. And then this game, I also hate this game for the reason of Deshaun Jackson gets this one catch for 81 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Dude's probably back next year now. And it's like, just move on from the guy. Um, one bomb the, saves the season. One bomb probably – no, it probably saves his career in Philly. He'll probably be back next year. How gross is that gross? Um, <laughs> it's just – it's so hard because, like, we were up 17, I think, 17-3, which turned to 17-14 real fast. And then all of a sudden we lose the game 17-37 to because the Eagles are fucking trash. Sorry, boys. Ooh, but there's your one. Seth, it's just so disappointing because, like – once Fletcher Cox went out, the whole defense fell apart, and we had no pressure then, none. And it's like Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave are getting paid way too much money to just not show up by themselves. Javon Hargrave, when he first got signed, was kind of a funny fit because he's not really like a pass rushing D tackle, which is Jim Schwartz's scheme, and that is like a four three D tackle. The guy's more of like the run stuffing three four. Well, yeah, he exactly came from he a he came from a Pittsburgh. Like you Pittsburgh. just said, yeah, came from a three four team. Where that's yep. what they're designed to do. He was a funny fit in the first place. This game kind of started to show, like, hey, we're the Eagles. We have Howie Roseman. We put no, no value. We put no value in linebackers. And then here it is, you know, Ezekiel Elliott looking like 2018 Zeke with 105 carries because we don't stop the run. And then Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, which is hilarious. This takes me back to the off season. All of the Eagles talk or talk radio was, hey, let's sign Andy Dalton. He'd be a perfect backup just in case anything happens. Dude goes to 377 and three touchdowns on us. And it's yeah, like – Andy Dalton, he's looked good since coming in. I mean, he missed a couple games, but I think he's going to get a shot to start somewhere next year. He's looked good. And, you know, you know back to my argument that. a few weeks ago, you know, maybe, maybe the Cowboys don't need Dak. Ooh. Ooh, Jeremy's just giving them the stink eyes for all the audio listeners out there. Oh, my goodness. Seth with the burning, scorching, hell-on-earth take. I'm just Jeremy, saying, maybe maybe they don't need them. Look at what – I mean, they put up 30 points in the last three weeks. Granted, it's not against great teams. They played San Francisco last week. That's a solid defense. But they put up 41. He Two touchdowns, 209. He looks good. You know, like I've said before, Dallas's offense is not the problem. It's that defense. And they look good on Sunday, but. Now, I do agree with that. I do agree with the defense is absolute trash. Andy Dalton has looked good. <laughs> you know what, Jeremy? You just got to go ahead and give him the what for. My right argu- now. Here's my argument is do you pay a quarterback? A kajillion dollars, you know, he's probably going to get forty million at least because because Pat got fifty. Do you pay him forty million and not have anything else to surround him with because that's going to be all their cap, or do you go out and you, you divvy it up a little bit and you you build a strong team? Maybe you draft a quarterback then. If if Andy Dalton is the answer, maybe you draft one. <laughs> Jeremy, the eyes. You know, Seth, I really don't even know what to say to you. Cause I'm like, just saying that it's I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not going to sit here and argue Cowboys with you because I hate the Cowboys, okay? I hate the Cowboys. 
when it comes to the Cowboys, I am biased, okay? I hate the Cowboys. So go ahead. Keep Andy Dalton. He sucked in Cincinnati. Keep Monker. Now, no, he Dak, didn't suck. He didn't suck. No, he – Seth, he, the dude was exactly the middle line of, hey, are you better than Andy Dalton? You're a starting quarterback. Are you worse than Andy Dalton? You shouldn't start. That's literally what he's been his whole career. Derek Carr is that now. Andy Dalton looks good because he's throwing to C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. Well, yeah, the best the, trio the, in the NFL. What do you need then? Why do you need I to spend Carson? Wentz, why do you need hey, to spend forty million put, on a quarterback then? You put Carson Wentz over there. He's throwing for five hundred yards a game. Okay, and that guy looks like hot ass this year. Now I'm gonna say something real quick. The Cowboys shot themselves in the foot the last two years. You should never paid Zeke. Stupid. You don't pay running backs. Cooper shouldn't have got the contract he did either. But hey, here we are. They drafted the receiver in the first round and paid another one. You know, almost hundred million. Stupid. Or whatever Cooper got paid. Dumb. Now, I hope Dak leaves because Dak is really good. <laughs> I hope Dak ends up in San Francisco where apparently there's rumors that he's going to go. I hope Andy Dalton comes back, and I hope he keeps the Cowboys crappy. Now, here's, as far the, here, as their... here, here's my argument there. Dak doesn't play defense, all right? Dak isn't going to fix the defensive problems. They got, they got problems all over the defense. There's really no – Neither is Zeke. Why yeah, you're pay? right, but they're already locked into that. They can't do anything with that deal. They can they hey, can avoid what's this. The one. Most, what's the most important position on the field? Quarterback. Thank you. So but, I'm going to move on to the defense but, real quick. <laughs> but a quarterback alone, and Aaron Rodgers has proven this his whole career. One one guy alone cannot win a Super Bowl. Cannot win for a whole team. Aaron Rodgers has proved that he's been arguably probably the greatest player since he's became a starter in his generation. And he's got one Super Bowl to show for it. You, I mean, sure? I'm just saying that if you want to build a competitive winning Super Bowl team that you don't throw 40 some million or 50 million. I mean, Mahomes, the chief situation is a little different than Dallas. So the comparison isn't, you know, twofold, but I just saying it's not always the smartest move to give a quarterback 40 some million dollars. Look at what the Eagles did. The Eagles just gave Carson all this money and now he's out of town. The, the Vikings did that with cousins and he, after this game, Wentz might be our starter next week for all I care. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) Let me, let me next week. Don't matter for the Eagles. I hope they lose it. What if, if we lose next week and then if a couple games shake out our way, we might have the third overall draft pick. So give it to me. I don't care. Um, the one thing Maybe you'll draft another offense. court. Maybe you'll draft Justin Fields, and you have a nice little quarterback comp- competition there. Jeremy is not having Seth today. Yeah. Seth, you got a lot of dumb stuff to say tonight, don't you? I'm just, I'm just, just saying where it is. This is facts. So I'm gonna jump in and finally talk about the the Dallas defense here. Um, Randy Gregory, three forced fumbles. That dude showed up, had a hell of a game. He had a sack and a half and three forced fumble. You know, the defense for, for Dallas is starting to show up late here, and they're starting to mix it up and making it look like the NFC East might actually put out, like, a decent playoff team. Um, well, until Washington lost. I was going to say, the thing about but, Washington, yeah, go ahead. Washington, if Alex Smith plays in the playoffs, they could really mix it up. Dallas, if their defense plays up to par, I mean, they're playing the lowly Eagles. We suck. But if their defense shows up like this every week, they could mix it up in the playoffs too. I just think the NFC East 
it's so crazy because it's like all these teams seem like they're so close to being really good, but then they all seem so far away. Um, I don't know. Dallas, my thing with Dallas is they caught the Eagles who might be fire, firing Doug Peterson at the end of the year, should be firing Howie Roseman at the end of the year. Who knows what's happening at quarterback in Philly. We don't run the ball. Even when we do run the ball well, we don't run the ball. Our best receiver on the day was Deshaun Jackson, who flips into the end zone at 32 years old and pulls his hammy or whatever the heck it was. Got one target on the day. And then it's like our punt returner, Jalen Rager, who got drafted over Jefferson. How dumb? How dumb is this? He has seven targets and three catches. And then Fulgham, I guess he had two tar- two catches. And then Elshon Jeffrey, another guy, you know, one target on one catch. Uh, it's It doesn't take much to beat a team like that. So I'm not, like, super high on Dallas. Now, also, Seth, you're, you're going on about Andy Dalton here. Do you know what he was throwing against in Philly? I mean, not much, oh. I'm sure. We, we've, <laughs> he we've, was... we've been down that road before. I know it's not much. Okay, so let me tell you something. Um, Jalen Mills had to get flipped to cornerback in the, the second half, which was way too late. He should have got flipped after the first play, basically. Uh, Michael Jaquette, um, the guy's probably like a backup nickel cornerback. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of feistiness, but he just, he can't run with any of these guys. Nikhil Roby probably should go at the end of the year. Darius Slay has a pick this game, which is a really good play, but one cornerback can't change a game. We had Rudy Ford out there. Shouldn't even be on the field. Never He's heard just of a him. special teamer. Exactly. Shouldn't be on the field. Kayvon Wallace has not come into his own yet. And it's just like – and then we had Marcus Epps who got cut by the Vikings twice and we picked up. I mean, Andy Dalton is thrown against guys that are worse than the practice squad players that he was thrown against in Cincinnati. Like, he was not thrown on a good defense. And then once – like I said, once Fletcher Cox went out, we didn't get pressure the whole second half. Like, we didn't – we weren't doing anything. So, he's got – no pressure in his face. He's got nobody covering anybody. It's a surprise he didn't throw for 450 yards and five touchdowns. Like, Eagles suck. The year could be over right now for all I care. I don't care who starts at quarterback next year. Get me the hell out of 2020 Eagles football. <laughs> next year is brighter days, Jeremy. All right, let's stay in the East because Washington made it interesting. Washington pretty much could have solidified the East and pretty much won it if they would have won on Sunday, but they didn't, of course. So now it's, it's about as muddled as the AFC is at this point. I mean, you got Washington has still has a chance. They're still in the, they're still in the um, top spot there, but Dallas still has a shot, and so does New York. Crazy enough, New York, who is 5-10, and 10, still has a shot at winning the division, who if they do win, they'd be 6-10. and 10. Like, easily the worst record for a division-winning team easily. in the history of NFL. Like, I guess, what are our thoughts on that? And, you know, maybe maybe a little prediction for yeah. later about who could maybe take this, like, you know, Washington. Yeah, here's the scenario. So Washington is probably the best team all around. It's just that their quarterback struggles are pretty – or they're happening at the wrong time. If Alex Smith was still healthy, like I, I would say for sure they deserve it. So this is what happens, though. Washington plays Philly Sunday night. Jeremy is just crying because that's a Sunday night game. Hates it. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Washington won. I don't know if you guys heard that, but Washington won the football game. <laughs> so that's the deal. You, we can say that, but uh, if Washington wins, they win the division. If Washington loses, then it comes down to the Cowboys-Giants game. Whoever wins that game wins the division. 
So what you're saying, Owen, is Washington won the division. <laughs> I'm essentially it's, saying if it's Jeremy's way. If the Philadelphia officially, Eagles officially unofficial, the football team won the NFC. Wouldn't that Jeremy, be you... just poetic justice, though, if the Eagles came out and looked really, really good? Like Carson Wentz starts next week, looks really good, beats the beats the Washington football team on Sunday night prime time. <laughs> and the New York Giants win six and ten, win the division. Go to the playoffs. I, I think I think the best scenario for Jeremy is is Philly wins and so does Dallas, and he gets to continue to see Dallas in the playoffs. You talk about Andy Dalton somewhere. I would love it. Would I don't think it. any of these any of these scenarios aren't well. Washington winning is good for Jeremy. Other than that, it's bad for Jeremy. So, Jeremy, here's a question for you as a fan: Do you do you want to see Philly lose on Sunday? He does. Absolutely. 100%. Like you're, you're rooting for them to lose. You want him to tank. Yeah. <clears throat> tank. Tank. Tanking would have been more interesting to watch than this shit show I've watched all year. Are you kidding me? Seth, I want – so the only you're pretty much you're, think, you're pretty much wanting them to lose on Sunday, so that's tanking. I want the third overall pick. Yes, I want them to lose on Sunday. So is that a fact? Is if they lose, they get the third? So they have to lose, and then a couple of teams have to win, and then they can – the Eagles could I think, have the third overall pick. I think Atlanta have would have to lose. Pick. Or Atlanta um, would have to win because right now the way I'm looking at it is Atlanta's the last in the conference. They got to get some help. Yep, they got to get some help. But basically, if the Eagles lose, and then I think it's like Atlanta, there's like three teams that got to win. The Eagles Houston. could be the third overall pick. Houston, yep. Cincy, I think maybe Cincy. If those stupid team in Philadelphia wins – and then a couple of these teams lose it. We, we have the 10th overall pick. That's a big difference in draft capital right there. I really hope we lose, and I hope a lot of these stupid football teams win, and I hope we get the third overall pick. I really do. What are you going to do with it? You know what? We'll save that for a later date. We'll save Seth, that for when. I honestly, you know, you know if we're going to move on. I'm, I'm just going to say one thing. If it's the third overall pick, I don't know because, like, I don't know if you take somebody like Jamar, Jamar Chase or what's his nuts out of Smith out of Alabama. I think you, don't take I think you would three. have to. Did you? I don't know F3? if you just saw it today. He's the AP Offensive Player of the Year or, or the Smith? Player of the Year. The first receiver to do it in like 30 years, 40 years or something. You know, I really want the Eagles to take Smith out of Alabama for sure, but I think three might be too early. That's really early for a receiver, I think. Well, they've, but, receivers I mean, have gone early before. They have. No, they have. I think um, I think I would rather try to flip it and get some draft capital back. But see, the thing that's going to con- – and I mean, this is early offseason talk, and this will be the last thing about my Eagles. The thing that's going to change all of that, no matter where we fall in the top ten picks, is what happens with Wentz at the end of the season. That's what's going to yeah. change the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that's for fair. sure. 100%. Uh, real quick, and- yes, yes or no to this one. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay, draft experts – are saying that people don't understand how good Justin Fields' tape actually is. Um, so if the second overall pick turns into a fight for Justin Fields and the Eagles have number three, are you taking Panay Sewell? Highly touted. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Eagles need offensive line help. So I, I think I would where it gets funny is how you feel on Mal- Malalata because like, he looks like a starting tackle right now. Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks are both going to come back next year. So it's like we got Andre Dillard coming back next year, so we might be looking at three possibly start, starting tackles next year. 
So I guess it just comes down to how you feel about the left tackle. I probably would because I feel like offensive, defensive line are positions that you cannot have enough guys at, especially after the year the Eagles have had. Yeah. I would, my first two picks would probably be, unless one of those two receivers there, my first two picks would be offensive and defensive line for sure. For there sure. There you go. All right. All right. I like it. All right. So let's, let's stay in the East and let's stay in Washington. Well, we're not staying in Washington anymore because either is he, but Dwayne Haskins was released yesterday on Monday. And I guess I just saw today as well that he went through waivers. No surprise there. Now he's a free agent. Obviously his time in Washington wasn't very good. And he kind of even said that himself, how he didn't really play like a pro act like a pro prepare like a pro. So that's probably why he was gone. Um, does, is he on a team next year? He, he's still young. This is only his second year and he's shown flashes when he's played, but I he's mean, super talented, super talented. It, I would say, well, if you're talking, if you're, are you going to add him to like the quarterback carousel that's going to happen in the off season? I mean, you have to at this point, right? I mean, he's going to be part be, of that. I get the feeling, though, he'd be one of the later, later guys. That's, I was going to say, he is like last, last, last resort for one of these teams. You know what I mean? Maybe like Denver shot or maybe maybe some team with an aging quarterback and doesn't really have a like hey, a young guy. Maybe New England takes another shot. Uh, you know, I think certain certain coaches – and I think Bill Belichick is like this. Certain coaches don't touch certain players from certain colleges. Bill loves Bama players because they're well-coached. But I think Ohio State quarterbacks, you don't touch, in my opinion. Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Troy Smith, Terrell Pryor, Dwayne Haskins. I ain't touching Justin Fields. That's my Joe opinion. Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow? Or? Joe, Joe Burrow <laughs> don't count, and we all know he don't count. Now – I just – Ohio. the thing about Ohio State is it was kind of like Florida quarterbacks, man. Like, these guys have this true, perfect true. system around them, and it's just going to pan out. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm taking pass rushers, running backs, and receivers from that college, those colleges all day long because those guys are studs, but I ain't touching quarterbacks from there. That's those my Ur- opinion. Yeah, Urban Meyer quarterbacks. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's I, all the I system. Not, it's the system. Yeah. I would take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Quote me on it. And I wouldn't touch Trey Lance, in my opinion. But – um. What about I Kyle just, Trask? I, uh, speaking of Florida quarterbacks, I know we're talking draft now, which we shouldn't be. We should focus on I, what we're I, doing. But I think there might be – I think there's one really good quarterback out of this draft, Trevor Lawrence. And I think the rest of the guys have, like, Derek Carr-level ability. Like, Justin That's, Fields is – I mean, Justin Fields has got a really high ceiling, but I just – I don't trust Ohio State quarterbacks. So no offense to Justin Fields. The dude looks really good. But Ohio State quarterbacks are just <clears> – <throat> I mean, most their of transition to the pros is not good, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, most of them are better skill position players than anything else. Well, Braxton Miller it, is like a good receiver right now. Yeah, you know I mean, you you just mentioned all, almost all of those are guys yeah. um, transitioned to another position. Pryor did. Pryor was a solid receiver for a couple of years. And Braxton, you know who I miss? Braxton Curtis Miller. Samuels. Curtis yeah. Samuel. That's who I miss. Yeah. Yep. Um, JT Barrett, I think, is on some practice squad. I thought I saw the JT other day. JT Barrett, I, don't know. I think, is actually a free agent right now. Is he? He might be. It doesn't doesn't matter, but. It's kind of timing, and it's not NFL, but I just wanted to to mention we got a great slate of college bowl games this weekend. That is true. We're going to see Devonta Smith. We're going to see Justin Fields. We're going to see Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields, in fact. 
it's going to be a fun weekend for those those top college recruits or yeah, uh, it's, prospects. It's really going to be the, gonna the be one thing I'll point out real quickly. Uh, college is I'm surprised Notre Dame stayed in the top four after how they looked. I'm surprised because they proved that they're not a, a, a college powerhouse. Like were, these other teams. Yeah, they snuck the win over Clemson earlier in the year, so that kind of earned them the respect. I thought there was a way that if they did get blown out, that they'd get trounced for uh, Oklahoma or Texas A&M. That was the other other point they were trying to make. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter who you throw against Alabama. I think maybe Texas A&M just being in the SEC probably had a better chance. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Alabama's going to win. So all right, all right. Unless we got anything else to say about week 16, we kind of covered my topics. Owen, I don't know if good enough. Owen good or enough. Jeremy, you got anything else to add? I know you're still feeling um, over the Eagles loss, but I swear. A couple of random things I'd throw out there. Seahawks clinched the NFC West title. Herbert broke the passing record for rookie quarterbacks with 28 touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen has 34 passing touchdowns. That's Looks a great. record yeah. for the Bills. You know, actually uh, – you, you saying say that Stephon Diggs broke some records there too. He did. He did. I think it was a lot of records for like for you know first year teams or first whatever year thing. receivers. Yeah, yeah, first year receivers. I got two things actually. I'm going to go back to last week when I was talking about Deshaun Watson, one of the best players in the game. I got I got one stat that kind of proves me on that. So there's four quarterbacks in the league this year who've had at least eight games with multiple touchdowns. And no turnovers. Can you guys name those four? Say that one more time, Seth. So four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks in the league this year who have thrown two touchdowns or have scored at least two touchdowns and no turnovers at least eight times this year. Can you name those four? Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. There's three. You're missing one. Who who am I? Who did I name off that's not on the list? You you said Josh Allen. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. So Tom Rogers and Mahomes. There's three, the but I one, said there's four. Yep. The other one, Justin Herbert. No. Come on. I don't know. Where, don't what know. did I just oh. lead with here? The only quarterback not on a winning team. Oh, my, my, um, uh, Watson. My bad. Deshaun oh, okay. Watson. Okay, I was gonna say Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Out of these, I mean, it, that's a crazy stat, in my opinion. And he's the only one not on a winning team. I mean, I looked at his numbers earlier today, and I think he, he hasn't thrown an interception in, like, the last four weeks, five weeks. And he's only thrown, like, three since, like, week four. I think he's only thrown seven or eight on the year. But, you know, he's top five in, um, in passing yards. He's top ten in passing touchdowns. But it just this, to me, this speaks to how – great of a player he really is on a bad team and I mean just uh, he reminds me of Aaron Rodgers a little bit when you know they were bad they were seven and nine and things like that but just like carrying a team almost on his back not quite because they're really bad but it's just I don't know so that, that anybody that throws a touchdown in the NFL reminds you of Aaron Rodgers Why don't you, just say that? <laughs> you know it's true I mean it's true all right so I got so, one hey, other stat I want Time out. I got I to gotta throw in two more things here because we're skipping two very, one very, very big thing. Um, Buccaneers clinched the first playoff first since 2007. Tom Nobody Brady cares and the about Bucks the Bucks, Jeremy. 
Tom Brady and the Bucks looked really good in the in the in that game. Brady, they, little, play, they Brady also with, played the Lions. Here's a Brady here's a quick. With, go ahead. Oh, okay. You had your stat going. I don't want to interrupt your stat. Brady with four touchdowns. He goes twenty-two for twenty-seven, three forty-eight, and four touchdowns. Him and Mike Evans were on the same page. Ten for one eighty-one and two touchdowns for Mike Evans. Antonio Brown scored a touchdown right at the end of the first half. I mean. They look good. Blaine Gabbert even came in and threw two touchdowns. Oh, Were that was gross. Uh, no, I was just going to yeah, say, you guys remember 2007, which which quarterback was heading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs? Josh Freeman. No, well, that that would be like 2013. Yeah, no, I figured I was off. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> uh, that would be Jeff Garcia, 2007. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Garcia. You know, don't want to brag, cousin. You know, cousin left guard for the Tampa Bay Bucks playoff teams. No, you know, no big deal. I heard that guy's a huge fan of the show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Name (laughs) recognition. (laughs) But um, yeah, no. I mean, the Bucks—they looked. It was Detroit. Detroit didn't have a coach. Can't really. I don't want to pull anything from it. They have a lot of coaches. Yeah, that's right. Offense was offense was kicking though. I just don't. I just don't see him going to New Orleans or going to Green Bay and or I mean going to Seattle would be an interesting game, but I don't see him going to the other two teams and having a good time, I guess. It's just hard to see. I get you. They are they're really all over the place. But Owen, I'm gonna pity back right off what you just said, because you just said New Orleans and I'm gonna jump straight to it and I can't believe Seth left this out. But he's a Packer fan, he's biased, and all he wants to do is talk about Rodgers and touchdowns. Elvin Kamara, six touchdowns. How are we going to just not talk about That's that? That's true. It was, know, I, it was honestly I forgot wild. about that yeah. because it was on Christmas, and who was watching that game anyway? I was. I was. And it was the Elvin Kamara show. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that dude is very underrated, which is wild to think. But he does not get the name recognition that he should – He's You're a right. top three running back in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Like, Absolutely. Alvin Kamara can do everything. Like, he, him and him and Run CDMC are, like, the same guy. Him and Christian McCaffrey can do a lot of the same things. The thing about Alvin Kamara is he just – he's not really known for strength and balance, but that's, like, what he is. You know what I mean? When you think of Alvin Kamara, it's, like, oh, he's kind of, like, this flashy – like, everybody always thought of him as, like, a third down back or Stephen back. But the dude's balance and strength is actually kind of unreal. Um he, like when he played the Packers, he was taking these hits and just bouncing off him and just keep running down the field. Yeah. It's honestly kind of wild to see. And it's like, hey, here's Delvin Cook, who's been, the, you know, the number two running back in the league to only, you know, Derrick Henry all year long. And Delvin Cook was easily the second best run. Like he was the second best running back on the field for sure. Like yeah. what Elvin Kamara did was honestly, that record hasn't been touched since Gal Sayers, I think it was. Six touchdowns in the game. And I mean – Honestly, it should have been seven. One of them was poached by Taysom Hill. Like, yeah. he should have had seven rushing touchdowns. Big that, time just, poach. Yeah, poached poach for sure. And, I mean, Kamara's quote after the game was perfect. You know, hey, this is a team effort, not just a one guy, which is true. You know, the Saints, the Saints, you know, they, they put together a whole offensive, offensive, you know, other than Breeze kind of not looking that great. 300 yards, but, meh, two picks. You know, yeah, Brees Kirk does Cousins, not look good. That's all I'm going to say is he just no. he does not look good. You know what looks even worse? Uh, the Vikings defense. But I was going yeah, to yeah, it is 100%. It, 100%. Zim, that was going to say Zimmer is now on the hot seat. I wasn't really to. thinking about it, but I mean, he's got to be. Let me dig it That's up. Real true. Quick. I got it written down. Zimmer was quoted after the game. 
This is the worst defense I've ever had, is what he said. You yeah, know what I that remember that. Like I remember that, yeah. That almost sounds like a coach trying to save his job. That's what that sounds like to me. You just playing the blame game of, like, this is the worst defense. You want to know something. There's some – There, I get it. Like, I get it. There's guys hurt and everything. But there's some still some name value players on this defense, and they're not doing a damn thing. And when you give up historic numbers like this, it starts to kind of turn into a guy that maybe needs to get fired. I'm not going to lie. Um, what else do you say, though, after that? Like, you give up six touchdowns to one guy and give up 52 points. Oh, what do you say? Well, I mean, what do you say? What's your response? Merry Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas, we suck. Um, <laughs> you know, normally if you score 33 points in a game, you think you're probably going to win it. But when you give up six rushing touchdowns or seven rushing touchdowns with six to one guy, you're definitely going to lose it. If you were to tell me before this game started that Kirk throws for three touchdowns, Delvin has a touchdown, and then Thielen goes 97 in a touchdown, I'd be like, oh, the Vikings probably won. But it's like, oh, hey, we gave up six touchdowns to Elvin Kamara rushing. No, I think the Vikings are in a situation where, like, they're going to end this season. They're going to end at seven and, what, nine? Or six and ten? They're six and nine right now. They're, so they're probably going to end at nice. six and ten. Um I think you got – I'm going to kind of stick to it. I think you got to move on from Zimmer at this point. I, I really think that. I just do. I would move on from Mike Zimmer before I'd move on from Doug Peterson. And I'm on the fence about Doug Peterson. Like, I'm kind of leaning like, eh, he doesn't like to run the ball. And Carson Wentz sucks. Fire his ass. But um, I think you got to move on from Zimmer. I truly think that Zimmer is wasting that offensive – that little bit of offensive talent that they got. And, you know, I was having this conversation the other day ever name off a time in history when the Vikings have had a good offensive line? Not in the last three years. I think they, I think they had a they pretty really solid line when AP was around, but maybe AP gave them a little bit was, more recognition. I was gonna say but the, they had the some good Favre. guys. Steve Hutchinson, who is one of the best guards you, in the league history. Seth, I was, was just going to say, you can, you can name off like four or five all-time good players on the Vikings offensive line all-time. Yeah, but they're right. Like, it, it's they've not, been yeah. rolling with these three centers across the guards and center for years now, and it's hey, it's not going to work when you keep on kind of like, I don't know. I just something's got to give there. You you move I, on from Yannick. You move to way too quick. You move on from Everson Griffin. Yeah, you got injuries with Daniel Hunter and stuff like that. But you know, Mike Zimmer was thought to be this great coach on especially on defense. And hey, we're getting ran on seven touchdowns. That's not, yeah. not good coaches don't do that. I feel you. I just think they got to the point where, again, the these last three weeks haven't mattered for him. Uh, and Zimmer, Mike Zimmer has earned himself some, some respect, even from the league. Rogers was just speaking volumes about him just a few weeks ago. Yep. You know, they put a they beat possibly the number one seed in the NFC in a good, clean game. Um, I just, I think if I had to guess right now, I would say that he wouldn't get. Fired, it's more media sensationalism a little bit. I'm, but not, it's not, I'm not so much saying he is going to get fired. I'm saying I think he should get fired. He, oh, that's fair. He deserves he, – he's he's going to be in the conversation. They're definitely going to be batting that decision around. And they should. But I don't know. I, to. I, if I had to guess, I, to. I would say he stays. You know, this game was 14-17 with 40 seconds left in the half. Saints scored a touchdown to close out the half. And it's just like – I don't know, man. Like, this game snowballed quick and in a hurry. It's yeah. like you got Kirk on this monstrous contract. He's Gross. not worth it. We all know that. You're burning out Delvin Cook and totally wasting his prime. 
who's one of the top running backs in the NFL. Running backs don't last forever. You have who's going to be the best receiver in the NFL in the next two years here. You're wasting, you're wasting uh, Adam Thielen. On top of it, here's Stephon Diggs, who moves on to a new team, looks like one of the best receivers in the NFL. Your defense, you're known as the defense, defensive court, court, like coach. Your defense sucks. Get rid of them. Get, get rid That's of fine. them. I, I, you know, I honestly just think like the Vikings anymore. You don't like. I hate to say this because like defense does win championships, but hey, how do you win football games? You score more points. Yeah. Anymore, most of says the time, the guy who says give give Dak forty five million. Who cares about the defense? Because right. he's the most important position in the league, Seth. Damn it. Anyways, I think when you look at when you look at teams, most of the time teams are offensive court, uh, offensive. Their coaches are their head coaches are offensive minded. I think the Vikings are really shooting themselves in the foot here. They went with kind of a old school classic defensive coach, and guess what? They're in a division that's got Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to do very well. I'm just saying you got to move on from the guy. You're you're wasting Delvin Cook. The thing about it is by the time they get rid of Mike Zimmer, Delvin Cook's either going to be moving on or burnt out. 100%. You got, this is you got year, offensive talent there. Is this year three for him or year two? This is year three for Delvin Cook. He had the one that he was out for injury. Yeah, see, he's already had a few injuries, so he could be a few injuries away from being Zeke. You know, and wouldn't it just be – it would be so Viking-esque to like, hey, we had Adrian Peterson, completely wasted him. We had, I shouldn't say completely wasted him, but never won anything, you know, with any value with him. We had Randy Moss, never won anything with value with him. Hey, now we got Delvin Cook. Now Delvin Cook is not Adrian Peterson. Jefferson Jefferson is on his way to being Randy Moss, but he's not there yet. But it's like, hey, we're not doing anything with these guys all over again. We're overpaying this quarterback, and our coach is defensive-minded. We have no offensive line. Get rid of him. That's my opinion. <laughs> I think Mike Zimmer's got to go, man. It, like well, I go, we'll I see. know you guys are Packer fans and everything, but I think if there's a coach in the NFL that's got to go, other than that turd in New York in Green, I think uh, I think Mike Zimmer's truly got to go. I'm like, that's... when you watch Viking, Viking games, suck to watch because it's like you sit here and you're like, oh, Kirk Coupon sucks. I don't like this guy. Justin Jefferson is probably the most talented young receiver in the league, and Dalvin Cook is like, dude, he's like really, really good, you know. And it's just like, hey. We suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, right. it might right. be time for a, a fresh mindset there because Zimmer has been around a long time. And it is. He's had some successful but teams. But you're yeah, right. He's never, he's never done, done anything. anything. He's not, he no. hasn't done enough to warrant to have some mercy he's got, there. Seth, he's got one big victory, and it was the miracle against the Saints. That's it. He's never yep. done anything beyond that. And how long has Mike Zimmer been there? Does anybody anybody got to pull this on me real fast? I, I bet you probably seven, eight years, I'm guessing. I don't know for sure, but he's got to be close to that. He's been around uh, a while. All I know is when you got a coach after the game saying, Rich is the worst defense I've ever had, that to me sounds like a guy that knows what's going on, and I think he's on the hot seat. And you want to be ahead of the curve. You don't want to roll into next year with the Vikings, come through some, you know, abysmal draft. Not every year are you going to have the idiot Eagles be right ahead of you one pick that doesn't take Justin Jefferson. They're, they're this far away from only having Delvin Cook on offense and then having that punt returner that the Eagles got playing receiver who's probably doing nothing for them right now. You know what I mean? You're, you're, seven years you're he's been there, team. by the way. There you go. That's, that's enough. That's enough for me. Get rid of him. That's enough. Well, How I many mean, times has he made the playoffs? Uh, three, I think. They, 
65. That's good math right there, guys. Either way. Hey, I mean, it's the Vikings. It'll be interesting to see. He's 65, 50, and one in his career as a head coach. It's something to be said for his previous time, but it's it's been a problem this year for sure. You're right. Um, but anyway, do we got top fives to do? You know, I would love to do my top five this week. I've been looking forward to this since yesterday morning. Yeah, something crazy. Do you want to go last or first, Seth? I can't tell your intentions. I, you know, I'd love to go last, but I'm sure, I'm sure Jeremy wants me to go first. So. I'll go second. Oh, and you want to go first? Then I'll leave. I'll leave my. You know what? No, I'll lead off because we'll lead off with a bang, and we'll, then we'll let Jeremy whine about it for a little bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> My All name right. is Seth, and I'm going to go with A and B, one, uh, the Steelers and the Packers, and then the rest of the teams in the NFL don't matter. So uh, go, go Packers, go. They don't. That's right. You're right, Jeremy. That's pretty much what my, what my notes say right there is nobody else matters. It's Green Bay, Pittsburgh uh, in, in the Super Bowl. What else do I have to say? That's it. Pittsburgh has no shot at the Super Bowl. No shot. I would say they have – if Casey loses in the divisional round, they might have a shot. But if it's Casey Pitt in the championship, I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence there, but we're not going to go there right now. All right, number one. Number one. You know what? Let's start at 5B. I'm going to start at the bottom and Ooh. work my way up. Ooh, mixing it up. All right. So 5B. 5B, I, uh, I've been impressed with them the last couple of weeks. They've really turned it on. And uh, I threw them in there this week. It might be a little high, but, you know, they're, they're trending up at the right time. Number 5B I have as the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Who are on the inside looking out for that coveted number 7, 6, 7, whatever they're at right now, seed. Um, you know, Lamar has looked MVP-like the last couple of weeks, and that defense is really starting to turn it around. I, I think they could be a problem in the playoffs if Lamar continues to play the way he has planned. So I got them 5B right now. All right, 5A, I'm staying within the division. And teaser, it's not Cleveland. It's the Steelers. It's the Steelers. You're right, Jeremy. They're 5A. They're 5A. They, uh, you know, they, they, they beat Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Hold on, Seth. Now, I, now, Jeremy, that I don't, I don't blame you for your reaction, but you should apologize to the audio listeners for that noise you just made in their ears. <laughs> <laughs> Even Very though they true. probably did it themselves, and Seth said it. Go you ahead. know, I you knew know, Seth was going to pull up the sound effect. Why this so I, so, I don't know why this is so bizarre. I, I've looked at a few power rankings over the last day and a half, and a lot of them have Pittsburgh. You know, at least within that realm up top, at least top 10. So I don't know why this is just this crazy. Well, yeah, they're top 10, Seth. Duh. <laughs> well, they're top five to me, Jeremy. All right? So they're 5A yeah, because – Your list is irrelevant. They, it's going to finish Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and then A.J. Dillon. <laughs> or it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. So, all right. Anyway, oh. so 5A. So the Steelers, how they played on Sunday reminded me of – how they played the first 10 weeks of the season and why they were undefeated. That defense kept them around. Offense was slow to start, but once they woke up, 
they look good and they were they were unstoppable against a good Colts defense. It's not, you know, they may not be playing as well as they were the first half of the season, but they're still a good defense. And they put up 28 points. Roethlisberger threw all over them in the second half. This this team reminds me how they played in the second half reminds me of how they played at the beginning of the season and how they could be a threat in the postseason. Now, would they beat Kansas City? Probably not, unless Kansas City's sleeping with one eye open. I don't know, but you know, I but five A, I think they, I think it's justified. All right. You, if Andy Reid shows up and plays quarterback for the Chiefs, I think the Steelers got it. So. You know, it, you never know what will happen. Player coach. Any player given coach, Sunday, all right? Any given Sunday. All right, number four. Number four, uh, I have the Saints at. Uh, they've kind of been sitting there for the last couple of weeks. My only worry really is Drew Brees at this point. Like we just talked about, Alvin Kamara is one of the best players in football. Showed that on or Friday, Christmas Day. My only worry is Drew Brees is – how he's going to play. If he has to go to Green Bay or he has to play, I think, in elements anywhere, I think it's going to be a, a struggle for him. I think he needs to be able to play at home for him to play well at all. So that's my only worry at that team. But otherwise, it, it's a good overall team. That defense plays well. Um, you got Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. Unfortunately, I think um, Thomas is out for the remainder of the season, right? No shot at playoffs, correct? I think he was looking at coming back to the playoffs. Is that I saw he was on IR, so and I know the IR is a little different this year. Typically, if you're put on the IR, especially at the end of the season, you're out for playoffs. But I know it's a little different, so yeah, I wasn't for sure on that. This year was a three week. Uh, it's a three week mandatory when you get put on IR. I think they took him out strategically so he could come back for the first round of the playoffs. That makes sense. Smart makes sense. All right, so yeah, I have them at four. And if Thomas comes back, I think that helps Breeze. All right, number three. And, you know, really debated on these top three. Really, really did. And I almost, I almost put this one team at number three, but I couldn't really, really wanted to because of how they look Sunday compared to how this team looked on Saturday. But I kept the Bills at three. I think the Bills have a really good shot, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they went into Kansas City and beat them. I think Josh Allen is, other than Aaron Rodgers, is playing the best football in the NFL right now. He looks unstoppable. Stephon Diggs looks unstoppable. That offense is humming to the nth degree right now. That defense is average. It's not as good as it used to be. But if that offense is playing the way it is, it it doesn't matter right now. If him and Stephon Diggs walk on the field at the same time, they're probably going to, you know, they're going to mix it up and probably win a game. Exactly. It's kind of it's it. They're the AFC version of the Packers right now. I think you got Allen, Allen Diggs, Rogers, Adams. It's it's good. It's a good combo. All right. This is where I shook the world, and I had to put KC at two. Now I'm gonna call it a homer pick, whatever you want to call it, but I got KC at two. <laughs> Green Bay looked so good on Sunday that I just – I had to put him there, whether it's fool's gold or not. Green Bay deserves to be number one because Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the game, should be MVP, <clears throat> bar none. Playing like it, he had one blemish on the game, a stupid pick which he regretted and was – Two blemishes. He fumbled the ball as well. Two he, I know, but they didn't lose it, though. He fumbled it, but they got it back. 
So it wasn't really a turnover, but that's right. Anyways, he, he was 21 for 25, 250, 60, whatever it was, four touchdowns. I mean, pretty much perfect. As many touchdowns as he had incompletions. I mean, come on. He's playing the best ball right now and, he, and on the best team, probably the best offense. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than KC's number two, go Green Bay. They're winning the Super Bowl. Go, Pat, go. Oh. Go, Pat, you know, go. I was really okay with going second, but I just have this scary suspicion that Owen's going to pull some bullshit list out too. And I don't know if I want to be the inside of this crappy Packer cookie right now. Um, crappy Packer cookie. But you know what? Whatever. I'll go next because Seth's list, your, your list was terrible. Um, wow. I'm sorry That's for right. all the listeners. I'm sorry for all the listeners that are not Packer fans. Um, and probably they're seeing, hanging themselves in they're the seeing right the now. truth with their own eyes, Jeremy. They're watching the games. They're seeing what's really happening. They're seeing Aaron Rodgers in the snow throwing touchdowns to people you don't even know. It's, it's all good. Oh, nobody knows who Devontae Adams is, huh? That's crazy. So, anyways, um, <laughs> in, in Seth fashion, I'll start from the bottom and come on up to the top. So my number six team on my five A and B is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, hey, for all the flack you know, that I just got for putting them in my top five, there they are. It's, it's the placement, Seth, just like that crappy it's, Packer it's, placement. It's, it's one spot above. What's one spot? It's, Seth. You want me to put them at number two next week? I'll do it. Honestly, <laughs> I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. The, uh, Seth, you might come out and expect, well, no more 5A and B. I just got the number one team in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. But um, so Steelers are my 5B because it's hard to take them out because, like, the defense just looks really good. And if Ben keeps on playing like that, the run game really doesn't matter that much. But that is still what scares me is the run game. But even more than their complete no, their complete lack of a running game, Ben just not showing up to the game is what really scares me. My team at five, um, in impressive fashion, the Seahawks won the West. Um, I'm going to go with them at five. To beat the – I mean, the Rams are kind of on a two-game skid now, but the Seahawks have kind of pulled something together on defense this last couple of games here, and Russ is going to rest. I mean, DK's kind of been on a little bit of a skid. Like, he hasn't really done a whole ton of a lot over the last – stretch of what four or five games here but they're just well built and coached to like to win in the playoffs and mix it up with anybody um to move on from there the saints are a pretty easy four for me um the only worry on the entire saints team is drew Brees. the rest of the roster is really solid they're not going to make they're not going to screw they probably got their one They've got their one trap game out of the way in losing to the lowly Eagles. But, I mean, as long as Alvin Kamara's on the field, if Drew Brees isn't trying to throw the ball beyond 20 yards, they're probably fine. Really? Um, maybe beyond like, 10, almost. Honestly, yeah. But as, as soon as the slant king, Michael Thomas, comes back, they'll be fine, um, which will be perfect time for the playoffs. So, I'll go Saints for um, – where I would put my A and B would probably be two and three because these teams are very, very close. Bills, I'm going to put three. The Bills have one of the best all-rounded teams. Um, 
kind of similar to the, you know, to the Seahawks and the Steelers. Like, they don't run it super well. I mean, the Steelers are on a different level than everybody else. They don't, like, run it super well. Like, they don't have a guy that's just going to come in and take over the game. But they do run it well. It's kind of weird. Um, the Bills, I mean, as long they as got Josh got a weird Allen, trio of Allen, Singletary, and Moss. It's kind of a – Right, right. Nobody – none of those guys are really, like, going to, like, each up alive. Moss had a touchdown last game. But, like, they're going to get 20 carries out of these guys. You know what I mean? They're going to keep the game – they're going to keep the defense guessing because they're going to be able to run it up. And then on top of it, Josh Allen can run the ball too. He's going to put up 34 yards rushing every game. But Josh Allen's getting really hot when it matters. And then Stephon Diggs, no defense has stopped that guy this entire season. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be doing it anytime soon. Um, Packers are my number two right where they belong. Um, you know, Rodgers is really good. <laughs> Me. So anyways, please don't let we the might have to, gallery uh, interrupt we, you. We might have to go to uh, YouTube with this just to get my reactions to Seth's BS. It's but, um, comedic timing. It, you know, this is what I'll say about the Packers. Rodgers is great. Um, you know, he's not – his passing performances, I mean, it's good, but, with, but for the modern era, it's not, like, amazing. I mean, he's having a great year. It's just not – 2020 amazing it's more what eye is test, it? really it's more watching him yeah it, it's so polished and perfect yeah. it's like Pey- it's like Peyton in his golden years whereas like he wasn't throwing 300 yards every single week but it's just so impressive now what is impressive is Devonte Adams that guy what has he got 17 touchdowns I mean yep. god I would so love to watch him I would love to watch Devonte have like a 200-yard game and three touchdowns in this last week. That would be fantastic. He just closes it out, say, like, safety closes it out with, like, 115 catches, 1,500 and some odd yards and 20 touchdowns. Oh, that would make you my know, day. I love me some Devontae Adams. Talking about Adams, just real quick, I'll throw it in there. I think he should be in consideration for Offensive Player of the Year. The numbers he's put up, I think he you should know, be thrown into that category. He is, Seth, but at the same point in time, it's like Stephon Diggs has 120 catches. Travis Kelsey just broke the all-time receiving receiving uh, yardage record for a tight end. Derrick um, Henry. So Derrick Henry. I mean, Delvin Cook. There's there's other guys out there. Devontae's having his best statistical season when all of these guys are kind of having kind of really good years. So I, I hear you. At, like, my bias to Devontae Adam, I'd probably lean that way too. But, like, there's a lot of guys that are kind of going off too, so it's hard to say. But it is cool. So, the way him and Rodgers is on the same page is really kind of like it sets them aside. The thing about it is where they fall down a peg for me still to KC being number one is it's really like, yes, you guys have Aaron Jones, Williams, and then Dylan showed up for the first time in his career. So you guys do have a running game that can mix it up, but Kansas city has three legit receiving threats and Travis Kelsey can legit legitimately take over a game legitimately take over a game from tight end. Mahomes is going to Mahomes. They've got – I mean, whenever Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back, him and Lev Bell are not probably as good as Aaron Jones and Dylan just because Aaron Jones is so damn good. But they're right on par. But then it's like Travis Kelsey is just a whole other piece in himself. What, so, hold on. You said you said three legitimate receiving threats? Is that what you said? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The th- Three. Three. Do you want to know why I say three? Would you like me to explain myself? 
Only briefly. Just tell me the name. <laughs> Only briefly. This, this is how I would do it with the Chiefs. So it's really obvi- obvious. Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the NFL. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Tyreek Hill can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Now, where I say it's three is because you've got five other guys that can show up as receiving threats. What a combo. Get him out of here with that bullshit. Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and Lev Bell. Plus, if uh, Edwards Lair is healthy, those guys are all going to put up in, those guys in general are going to put up a number one receiver's stats every game. I'm not you, wrong. You can, all right, you can make that argument for the Packers too then. You want to say I that? don't think you, you – I don't you, think you can. They're legitimate. Tanya, if, Tanya Tanya is a legit can. number two. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL this year. He's put up – I think he leads, uh, leads tight ends in touchdowns, if I'm, do, if I'm correct there. Yeah. Is, I don't, yeah. Are you he's sure? He's one over Kelsey, I think. He's one, he's one over Kelsey. Yep. And if, if you want to make that comparison, you take, you know, all these guys and then you morph them into one. You got Lazard, you got MVS, and you got EQ. You, you throw those three, you got, you got at least a half. I mean, MVS and Lazard will go off every three or four games. Yeah. Seth, this is, this is where I, I hear you out, but I would even say almost the Titans are just about as dangerous as you guys in that aspect. The thing about the Chiefs is it's just like – I think we saw on Sunday how dangerous the Titans are. Yeah, their defense doesn't help that, though. This is where I'll say, like, the Chiefs can do this on anybody. Travis Kelsey, 105. For, uh, he's got 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 87 catches, 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. Then you've got Nicole Hardman, uh, Sammy Watkins, Robinson. Those guys can go off for 100 yards any game. Any game. They really can Here's my quick argument. I'd say, so Devontae, obviously, I think Devontae is, like, number one receiver, but then I'd say number two and three are Kelsey and Hill. That's just where my brain is at. But it's just the fact that the Packers have the rushing game, but Aaron Jones is such a unique receiving weapon that that's where your second weapon lies. And then then you combine Tunyon with MVS and EQ and Alan Lazard, who who are all prone to get a touchdown or two a game. So that's where it is. It's very, it's still very even in my eyes, especially. But the pack, the, the one thing, if we're talking offense as a whole, Packers have like a much better offensive line, and that's like the only. They might have the best offensive line in football right now. I would, I would still go Colts myself. The well, the Colts offensive line's really beat up. I shouldn't say it. You guys with health considered too, yeah. See, where, where the Packers' O-line has probably got an edge on the, the Chiefs' O-line, the Chiefs' skill positions has got an edge on the Packers' skill positions. I'd say McCole Hardman is the best extra weapon out of all of it, but other than that, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. If Watkins shows up, though, if Watkins shows up, which, like he did in the Super Bowl, he can take over a game. Watkins has that type of talent. See, where I would say is like – Watkins Devontae, is your wild card. He is your wild yes, card. Yes, he is. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are a lot closer than people would say. Like, especially just looking at their numbers, Tyreek Hill's got 15 uh, receiving touchdowns in the season, and then Adams has got 17. And then if you throw in Tyreek Hill's got three rushing touchdowns, he's actually got more. He's got one more touchdown. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, in a sense, equal each other out. Now, literally everybody you guys combined after that equals out to be Travis Kelsey. 
Travis I mean, Kelsey is what sets this, this offense uh, sets I, it apart. I just meant Aaron Jones and like Tunyon combined because they're so lethal in the red zone. So where I where I hear you on that, I mean we're just now I, we're, so, okay. I I led you I led you down this path. That is, this is definitely my fault. No, I hear you because I haven't gotten I, my top five. But please wrap up the point. <laughs> you are you are still pretty much right with Kelsey. We're, tra- Travis Kelsey, just how good he is at tight end, sets him, yes. sets him apart. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Bell are both healthy, it's not even close, in my opinion. But I don't think – I I, Clyde and Bell are just so mediocre to me. As I, receiving backs? As just backs, as weapons, as factors in, the, in, a, in a game, really. I think you're really underselling uh, Edwards-Hilaire. I well, think you're I mean, underselling he's no, A.J. He's Dillon. No, He's no A.J. Dillon, so moving on. Anyway. A.J. Dillon doesn't have 1,100 all-purpose shards this year, boys. He just he played one game. Go, give me your shitty top five. <laughs> <laughs> God, you guys are just – this might as well be the Packers pod. Jeez. No, I'm just trying to tell you that I'm not really that high on the Chiefs uh, as much as, like, we're supposed to be because they still are number one. That's a teaser for my, my top here. But let me go down. Uh, my A and B does not lie in the five. My A and B lies higher up in the list. I'll go through it quick. Number six, I'm putting the Steelers in. I'm not sold. My biggest complaint is, like, the offense look good in the second half. If they can't, they can't play playground ball throughout the playoffs. You know what I mean? Nope. They need to have a game plan that, that works. It isn't going to be predictable. He needs to take shots down the field, which he was when he was in control of the play call. So if they can figure something out in the next two weeks, um, they're going to look like they did in the first four weeks. Um, Number five, I'm going to put probably my biggest deviation from the week. I'm going to put Seattle in there because it looks looks like they have a defense. And that was like their biggest problem. Um, Now the offense still hasn't looked like it did in the first half of the season. But it's still Russell Wilson. It's still Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They're still they, – they haven't gone anywhere. They're just they, – I think they're just toying with their game plan, kind of figuring out what works. And they're still it's that winning name, games. It's that name value, you know what I mean? I mean, it's – yeah. I mean, just like it's Rodgers in the playoffs, it's Russell in the playoffs, they always do good. Um, number four, despite Drew Brees, uh, let's go the Saints number four. They're just all around. Trey Hendrickson, such a good pass rusher. Very undervalued, underrated. Um, then it's easy. It goes Buffalo, number three. My Now, the Packers are next, but I'm going to – it's a 1A, 1B situation for me because the Packers did look like they showed that they have it, how they can put it all together. Again, one week is an anomaly, but they have been – defense is playing better the past four weeks. Um, and then the Chiefs still, they're winning games. If they would have lost one of the games in the last couple of weeks, I would have. That probably would have Green Bay up above them right now. Go ahead. So Jimmy. is that is that your one A one B? Chiefs one A. Want... Green Bay one B. Okay. Okay. Yep. Right, I yep. Just I just think it's close. That. Green Bay is looking impressive. Kansas City's not performing to their standard. And it's just right at this this perfect time of year where you really need to have it all figured out. That's why I'm really, really questioning the Steelers. 
better than I was past couple weeks, but still got questions. I get you. So one I thing you. I would say, so I, I agree with you with, with uh, the teams, like you should look your best right now. The thing about the Chiefs is they've got possibly two weeks to get it right. So, and especially with a coach like Andy Reid, I'd, I think they're fine. Um, I think you're right. The Steelers. So my problem with the Steelers is you have an aging quarterback and no running game to save them. Casey's exactly got it. the Casey's got everything to flip this around. You got a great coach, young quarterback, most talented quarterback in the NFL, the best tight end in the NFL, the one of the most probably the most dangerous skill position player in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. And then as soon as those running backs get healthy, I mean, I don't know. I I truly think their first game in the playoffs could be a fifty burger drop on somebody. They could. I'm just uh I mean they didn't – this is probably their last game they're playing as a, a full unit until the, the divisional round. And we're just going to sit with this last game on our minds for the next two weeks. And I just think if, they're, if, they're, if they come out sleeping at all, Buffalo's right there to take, the, take advantage of the oh, opportunity. Yep. 100%. If they come out sleeping at the will in the playoffs against a team like Buffalo, they might get just – totally shell-shocked and slapped right in the face. So, yeah. no, I, I hear you there. I just – I have supreme confidence in Andy Reid. I'm not going to lie. And Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, you're not you – And know. Mahomes, yep. All, All right. right. Let's put Seth. One other thing before we move on to our favorite segment of the show, as always, as I got one little tidbit for my MVP teaser, kind of, but it's more of a why, why I would have him number two. So, Al, Josh Allen – well, this is why right now I would put Josh Allen above Mahomes for MVP. Josh Allen is the second quarterback ever in the history of football to only Steve Young is the only other quarterback to ever do this to throw for 4,000 yards, have more than 30 total touchdowns or 30 passing touchdowns, at least five rushing touchdowns. So 4,000 yards, 30 passing and five rushing touchdowns. The only quarterback, second quarterback, ever to do that that's all i got to say there that's why so you're saying yeah. you're saying allen over mahomes kind of right in that now race? right now i to me i would still put rogers number one i think he's probably number one for pretty much everybody at this point i know he's the the odds favorite right now in vegas and stuff um but right now i would put allen over mahomes the way allen has looked the last couple weeks and that stat i saw the other day actually i think it was this morning He's the only the second quarterback ever to do that. It, it's impressive. What he's done the last yeah. couple of weeks, what he's done all season has been impressive. It's true. Let me give you the, the betting odds right now. Uh, at least what Vegas thinks are the best, your best five players. Rodgers is the commanding favorite, they say. And especially with Mahomes sitting out next week, it seems like he's got her locked. Uh, Josh Allen is under Mahomes currently, not by much. That's probably the closest part is uh, goes Rogers, Mahomes, Allen, Derrick Henry, number four, Devonte Adams at number five. Whoa! And then really? Russell Wilson coming at num- at number six. Devonte Adams, number five, huh? Kind of crazy, huh? That's crazy. Not but, even offensive player of the year for Jeremy, but he's in the MVP running, I guess. Well, he. To be fair, Jeremy just brought up names because he likes Devonte, but. Uh, oh, I love me right. some Devontae Adams. That is true. That so. is true. All right, so let's move on. I think we'll we'll try to run these through a little quickly. Uh, we're yep. we're running long on time, but that's all right. Used to it. 
had to wait for had to wait for Jeremy. He was walking the dog, I guess. I don't really know. But, uh, but, I wish I was walking the dog, but I was working, Seth. Some of us got to work around here. Um, just like to say that. I work for this show, Seth, Jeremy. Seth hasn't made us go off and get big off this show yet, so. <laughs> That's true. We'll, we'll get there one day, all right? I, I'm hoping so. so off, of, off, of Owens, <laughs> off of Owens' line alone, we'll get there. Yes. You know what it won't be off of, Seth? You know what it won't be off of? Those shitty-ass Packer <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure we got some more coming. I can't wait. Seth, intro me. I can't me. wait. Intro All right, me, son. son. Welcome to the best betting segment on the internet. That's right. We are here at the line is right. Your contestants today, Mr. Seth Abrahamson, Uncle Sethery himself. Thank you, thank you. And the Jeremy Shimko, the most depressed Eagles fan in the entire planet, which is saying something. Doesn't get worse than this. But he loves football nonetheless. Competing against your host, yours truly, Mr. Primetime Player, Clubhouse Leader, are you? You're still a clubhouse leader? Now, let me clarify. Clubhouse leader, but I am tied at the hey, top. I like the sound of with that. With our and first competitor, Uncle Sethery. After last week, uh, records for last week, Seth goes 8, 7, and 1. There is one push. We, decided, we found out that the Chargers game, Chargers uh, beat the Broncos by 3. The line was 3, so that pushed. So, Seth, eight and seven. I went seven and eight. Jeremy struggled out of the gate, went five and ten. But it was a weird week. <laughs> he's just shaking his head. He's not. Jeremy he's had not a bad a week all week. around. So now, overall records for the year. I coming in at 61 and 56. Uncle Sethry coming in hot, 61 and 56. Tied with me, Hoo-hoo. Jeremy. Shimko at 58 and 59, just barely a losing record, but only three games away from the lead. Jeremy, good news is week 17 is in 2021. It's a new year, all right? The other good news is no longer betting on the Eagles for the rest of the season. So uh, should be all uphill from here. No, you know, you were so enthusiastic last week that you swayed me into picking the Philadelphia Eagles over Dallas. Yeah, I believe and I was the only one it, who picked Dallas. You are, and I, I even said it as I was picking it. I was like, this is going to be the game I regret the most, is not picking Dallas here. And you know what? I wasn't lying. I was speaking the future. I regret it wholeheartedly because I would have the lead <clears throat> by myself. Regardless, you know what, Owen? I'm glad you picked the Eagles. I'm glad. Owen, do you want to know something? Anytime Please. you pick the Cowboys – it's disgusting. It's just it, a dirty pick. That's that. You're right. You're right. But but it makes uh, me feel so good, Jeremy. I feel so <laughs> good about it. I want to slap you in your smug face so bad right now. So. <laughs> oh, it's getting testy here in week 17. I love it. Let's get into these games. Let's cruise right along. A lot of these games, um, they either don't have any playoff implications. They have a one-sided playoff implication. Or, uh, well, or we have teams that are resting starters, or we have teams, both teams fighting for playoff seating. So it'll be a fun week. 
first game, no Thursday night, no Friday night, no Saturday night. That is reserved for you know. Uh, I, was, I was starting to enjoy those games. I was really starting to get into the Friday night, Saturday night stuff. Tuesday night, yeah. Wednesday night. Let's just have a game every night. It was an interesting year. We had games literally on every single night of the week. At I some point agree or another. More than that. It was so nice to just have like a random football game on like a Tuesday or something. You get done. You get done with work on Wednesday, and lo and behold, the Steelers and Ravens are playing in a Love weird, it. weird game. Weird. Um, that was. I believe the Steelers won too. If I remember right, Jeremy. So either in my top five. That was wild. Hey, 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 they were my five B, Seth. Let's. That's true. Start. That's true. First game of the week, we got the confusing Miami team. Who are they starting at quarterback? It hasn't been decided yet. I'm assuming Tua. I believe it's Tua, but who's going to finish is the question. Who's going to finish is the better question. So we got Miami on the road at Buffalo. Buffalo favored by one point. Count it one point. Buffalo's favored by – we got a 44-and-a-half point over under. And Buffalo Sunday night – Sunday, rather, we got snow showers. Oh, snow in Buffalo. in Buffalo. Give me Buffalo for that one then. You like Buffalo. It's it's almost a pick'em game, ain't it? Pretty much. I mean it's a point. So. Pretty much. Yeah. I'll take a, Buffalo. Especially with the carousel of quarterback in Miami. I'm, I would love to see Miami in the playoffs just because I am I kinda I like Tua. I mean, you know, it's early, but if like they the lose, kid. they're probably not gonna get in. So it it it's hard to say, but Buffalo is so hot right now. how do you not take them? That's it's it's fair. It's completely fair. Now we're looking at Buffalo needs this win to secure the second seed. Not that second or third seed matters as much if you're really wanting to rest starters as the Steelers have decided this week. But Miami really fighting. They need this win. There is a chance that they lose and can still get in. They need help. Um, what do you say, Jeremy? You know, you said it's what's the what's the spread here? One and a half. Well, just a point, so it's just a pick them. I see on a regular week, I would have said that that's really low and Buffalo needs more points, but I don't know. Maybe Miami's just coming out fired up. They need this win. I think I'm going to go Miami here because I feel like Miami's playing for something and I don't think Buffalo is. Give me Miami. Especially since the Steelers essentially are giving the Browns a win in a sense. Yeah. By starting by starting Mason Rudolph, like basically that's a loss. Um. So, you know, I think I agree with you. I think I'm going to pick Miami. Hey, I love it. Take them, boys. Take them. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, Josh Allen is playing. Diggs is playing. I'm, yeah, I haven't I'm heard any. Out there. I think that's the biggest question mark this week is looking at every game. It's like, okay, are they resting starters? Are they not? Are they healthy? Or, you know, I think that's the biggest question mark right now. The only one that was questionable is Cole Beasley is week to week with a foot injury. And and I see John Brown is off the IR, so he actually might be back on Sunday too. You know, that's the thing. It's Miami in the snow at Buffalo. I think – I'm switching. Oh, is I'm Owen going to switch? Oh, he switched at the last second. The so 11th hour. Oh, close oh, is Jeremy coming to the dark side? It's it's under, it's sub 30. So that's, yeah, like I said, there's going to be snow showers. But uh, 
Come on over, Jeremy. We'll welcome you in. God, you know what? It, it really depends on if Alan's playing. As far as we know, Alan is playing. There haven't there, been there any is. reports that they're resting nothing, starters. Nothing says that Alan's going to sit. Yeah. We do these damn picks so early in the week. Um, it's tough. There's nothing saying Alan sits. Nothing. Nothing that I'm reading. And the Dolphins have to win to make the playoffs. They do. Pretty much. I'm staying with the Dolphins. I don't you feel good about it, but I'm, I feel dirty, but I'm going to stay. Honestly, the Bills – the Bills are clearly the better team, but the Dolphins are playing for more. So, yeah, give me the Dolphins. thing is, the Miami, if, you know, if everyone's on the same record, Miami has the tiebreaker over Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy, and, uh, yeah, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy. So, that kind of factors in a little bit. Give me the Dolphins. I'm All sticking. Right. Just real quickly, uh, Buffalo has the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh in case they both lose, or both yes. theoretically. Yes. Okay. All right. They're there, yeah. They have the same record right now. So, um, as long as Pittsburgh doesn't win and Buffalo loses, they should have the second second seed. All right. All right. Um, next game: Baltimore at Cincinnati. Baltimore, another one of those AFC fringe teams fighting for a playoff spot. Baltimore is favored by eleven and a half points on the road. <clears throat> another forty-four and a half point over/under. It is going to be cold and rainy. In Cincinnati on Sunday. What's the spread again? Eleven and a half points. Give me Baltimore. Oh my God. Give me Baltimore, especially if it's rainy and probably a little colder. I'm taking Baltimore in that running game over anything Cincinnati has to offer. Anything. Especially the way that defense is playing right now for Baltimore. Give me Baltimore. Eleven and a half. That's just quite the spread. It is. It is. Cincinnati's been playing good ball. And C- Cincinnati's, they're definitely going to be rolling out, trying to screw things up for Baltimore, right? You'd think a divisional opponent, you don't, you want to play spoiler. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Baltimore to win, but I think Cincinnati covers that. They're a good bet. Cincinnati is a good bet to have a top five pick. So I'm not sure that they're really playing to uh, get a better positioning. What'd you say, Jeremy? Exactly. You want- I, I, I think Baltimore wins Cincy. the game, but I'm taking Cincy to cover that. <clears throat> and and Seth wants Baltimore by 12. You betcha. All right. I'm going to go Cincinnati with Jeremy. Love it. B-E-Altimore. But, I mean, they, that's the thing. They've been looking great. Um, I definitely wouldn't be super surprised if they just want to lay one more whomping on a bad team. That's – ah, Shoot. Shoot, God, I just I just swayed myself again. Hey, Baltimore, Baltimore beats up on bad teams. But but it's 12 points. I'm staying. I, I'm staying. I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm staying. I'm gonna you're right. I'm gonna stay on this one. Cincinnati keeps it within eleven. Next All game right. we got Fair Pittsburgh at Cleveland. This is a big playoff implication game for Cleveland. Um Pittsburgh has a little bit of stake, like I said, with the Buffalo thing, second and third seed. But they're resting at least Ben Roethlisberger and probably more starters, um, probably on both sides of the ball, to be honest. Um, Cleveland is favored by 10 points at home, 42-point over-under. They're saying low-scoring game, rain and snow throughout the day. Cleveland's got the receivers back? Cleveland's got the receivers back? They're on track to be ready – Give me Cleveland 
to cover. You want them to win by double digits. Yes, 100%. What do you say, Seth? I'm taking Pitt. <laughs> if, if, if that defense is still playing for Pittsburgh, I, don't, I haven't heard much for the defensive starters. If that defense is still playing, I think they can limit the Browns enough to keep that within 10. That's now, if, if, if Watt is out, if Minka's out, you know, if some of those top guys are out, then it wouldn't surprise me if, if Cleveland puts up 30, 40 points. But if, if they're playing a full defense and just taking out those offensive players, I, I could – yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take 10. Or within 10, I'll take Pitt. Give me the Pitt. Give me Pitt. Pitt. The unfortunate part, it doesn't look like the receivers are going to be practicing until uh, Thursday. It looks like this is when they were targeting, having them back in the building for That's COVID protocol. That's when they protocol. the COVID protocol? Yeah, I mean, as long as they test negative through Thursday, I think they're in it. Um, you know, Cleveland's got some questions on the offensive line. This the great offensive line that they have. Uh, but gosh, that's a tough line. I yeah, I'll go Cleveland. It's Mason Rudolph. I don't know. I just can't pick. Can't pick Mason Rudolph. Really... He, he, this is his revenge game. You know that it's a revenge game. Wouldn't that be fitting for them to just fold out and come out and beat the Cle- beat Cleveland, keep them from going to the playoffs? At that ten and six, the Cleveland Browns missed the playoffs. Heartbreaking. Um, next game, Minnesota at Detroit. Doesn't matter a freaking lick. But Minnesota's favored by seven points on the road in a dome. Fifty-four and a half point over under. They're saying points, points, points. Matt Stafford is probably not playing. He says he wants to play, but what's the point? What's the point? Uh, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, you're right. I'll take Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota here. Take Minnesota in the get right game. I think Zimmer comes out get and right tries to prove for a point. 2021. I think Zimmer comes on tries to prove a point here. Coaching for his he job, knows. huh? Yeah, because he sucks. I mean, yeah. if they win this, they're at seven and nine. That's a respectable, you know, that's a respectable record. Not, Seth, nothing. I'm no, just, I'm not. just, I'm just trying to look at the silver lining. All right, it's not like they're you just, three and thirteen. You all know some. You just know Mike Zimmer's no good coach, and you just want to keep those Vikings under your thumb because you're the Packer fan. You're sick. As long as Kirk Cousins <clears> is the quarterback, <throat> we're okay. As long um, as Kirk Cousins is the quarterback and Mike Zimmer is the coach, y'all are going to win the division. <laughs> Whew. I mean, seven points is a lot. If Matt Stafford plays, I'd pick Detroit, but you're just betting on Stafford playing. I'm going to go Minnesota. You know what that means? Say it, Seth. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. On a meaningless game, of course. But anyway, next game, another meaningless game. But could there be coaching implications? Could there be starting quarterback implications? The New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Oh, big, big, big game here. The big Patriots game. are favored by three points at home. They're saying a 40-point over-under, which is the second lowest of the week. Cold and rainy in New England on Sunday. What's the line? Three points to New England. Give me the Jets. Give me, 
Give me the team with the better quarterback. I will take the J-E-T-S, Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Give them to me. I mean, why not win this game? Because you still got the second overall pick, so. Yeah, exactly. I was, just, I, was just, I was just looking at the the breakdown of the top ten draft picks. Uh, Jags are locked in. Nothing can change that now. I think the, I think the Bengals could sneak up if the Jets win and they lose. Oh, no, no, I uh, think the Jets stick it out. I think the yeah, Jets think- stick it out. Because they got two wins, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's 4-10 and 1. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's lock it in on the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, moving on. A possible playoff implication game. Dallas at the New York Giants. Dallas is favored by three points on the road. 44.5 point over under, kind of average. Another cold and rainy game in New York. The winner of this game, if Washington loses, what's the, what's the, the line? Three points or Dallas minus three. Give me Dallas. I'll take them two weeks in a row, riding hot. Give me Andy Dalton, Jeremy. That's all that matters. Alex Smith still out. Yeah, wrong team. Well, <laughs> you I thought it isn't. It's Dallas at the Giants. Oh, my bad. My bad. Why was I thinking Washington? We'll oh, Dallas at Giants. Just threw him for a loop. Zach Martin doesn't look like he's going to play if that helps you. I don't know. The just Giants pick Giants. Just, you know, you're, yeah. just pick the you know, Giants. You know, we're, we I'm know gonna, you're not going to pick Dallas. I'm going to go Dallas here. Um, oh. Come on. Yes, you like just, it. I haven't done anything in a while. For some reason, I was thinking they played Washington Week 17, but they, play your, they play your Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I was going to say we do. Um, no, I, yeah, I'll go. Go Dallas. I'll go Cowboys. Yeah. I'll go Dallas. I don't mind. Love it. I don't mind the Dallas it. pick, but well, what I will say is Daniel Jones has not been fully healthy the past few weeks. I think right. he's healthy. I think he's raring to go this week. I'm riding Daniel Jones. All right, take him. Give me the Giants. Good. That puts me over the top. <laughs> Next game. Uh, doesn't really matter for Tampa Bay, but we're going to go with it anyway. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by six points at home. Six and a half points, excuse me. Fifty and a half point uh, over under. It's going to be rainy in Tampa on Sunday. What Give do you me think? Atlanta. Do here. Here's the statement from Calm Bruce down, Arians. Jeremy. Give me Atlanta. You want to know why? Because they've been playing tough every week. They nearly beat the Chiefs. Tampa Bay sucks. Give me Atlanta. Here is the report out of Tampa Bay. Coach Bruce Arians says his team will play to win against the Falcons. We play to win the game. Now, that quote specifically doesn't mean anything. He can start anybody he wants to and still want to win the game. Uh, can't take a coach's word on it. The, the Buccaneers with a win would solidify the five seed. You really want that, that away game against uh, the NFC East winner. Uh, I think I think I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa. Cool. Lock me in for a W there, boys. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, Seth, to be honest? I, I, I'm on a hot streak. I'm going for the kill. All right. You think Matt Ryan's playing for a big contract in the offseason? 
You betcha. He wants that money. He, wa- uh, he, wa- he, get- he wants that DAC money. He wants that DAC money. Who is playing, paying it to him? That's a good question. I think I think Julio is being kept out this game. He but, don't need I him. Mean, he I, don't need him. They've been riding Calvin Ridley all year, and he's been performing. So I don't know if it matters too much. Um, anyway, next game. Green Bay at Chicago. Hey. Green Bay favored by five and a half points on the road at Chicago. 51 and a half point over under. It's going to be cold, but that's what both of these teams want. No real precipitation is scheduled. So what do you think, Jeremy? Give me the Packers to cover. That's I it? I got no faith. In, yeah, I, got, I, I don't have a lot of faith. Packers are on a hot streak. Well, you guys are still playing to keep the the one seed. They pretty much have yep. to win to to get it. If they lose, they need Seattle and New Orleans to lose. Pretty give much. me the give me the Packers. They, if the if if the Packers lose, they need Seattle to lose because they still have the tiebreaker over the Saints. You're right. You're right. But uh, it's really weird for the Packers. In that play, just win, and we don't have to worry about it. Chicago needs this win. If they don't get the win, they uh, need help. They need the Rams to beat the Cardinals, and then the Bears would still get in. So there's still a shot. Um, yeah, I'll go Green Bay. I'll go Green Bay as well. Five and a half points. That's touchdown. They just beat them forty-one to twenty-four or something like that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Next game. Doesn't matter. Las Vegas at Denver. Las Vegas favored by two and a half points on the road. 15 and a half point over under. Give me Las Vegas. You think Derek Carr goes off? Does he go off? No, but they'll win. They'll win by a field goal. <laughs> I mean, it, Denver is, is – I've lost faith in Drew Locke and, and that offense. It just, it's not good. So, Took you long enough. You, I, you know, I, I was riding. I was, I was hopeful. All right, I was just hope. It was blind hope, but I see it now. All right, my eyes are open. He sees clearly now. The rain is gone. It, exactly. So I'll take Las Vegas. You know, is Jacobs finally healthy? Yeah, I think he's playing. Yeah. So well, I'll actually take, play him, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, to go. I would rather be eight and eight than seven and nine. Not like it really matters because they're not in the playoff hunt anymore. I'd rather be I'd rather be seven and nine and go into the next year with Josh Jacobs being healthy than eight and eight and have him get hurt. Well, he's got enough time to be healthy anyway. So I'll take Las with, Vegas. That's the trouble with these games is that you don't for for when it doesn't matter for these games, like it happened a couple of years ago with Rodgers in the very last game against the Lions. He gets like a little ding in, in the head in the first play of the game, and he just decides – they just decide to pull him out for the rest of the game. That could happen to any one of these teams, Josh Anyone. Jacobs included. Yep. So, what I, what I would say is that uh, two and a half – if it was anything more than a field goal, I'd probably pick Denver. But, I mean, Las Vegas is like – Darren Waller is a beast. Uh, Derek Carr goes off every once in a while. Josh Jacobs is just steady. Defense absolutely sucks, but uh, I'll take. <laughs> you know that they could lose because of that defense. That's... They could they could lose thirty four to thirty one because that defense gives up two touchdowns in the last thirty seconds. 
Easy. This could be Melvin Gordon goes off for a career game just out of nowhere. You know what I mean? He's been he's just been holding it all year. But go ahead, Jeremy. What's your pick? Give me Vegas. <laughs> Give well me said. Vegas. I mean, this sounds like uh, a me- uh, like a total meaningless game that John Gruden will be like, God, Raiders, we got to win this one. Uh, they're going to next year and be something. So- something stupid is going to happen in this game. Somebody's going to get hurt, torn ACL or something like that. And then it's just going to be a storyline to why do you even play your starters in these games? They don't matter. Vic Fangio could be playing for the Las Vegas defensive job. Maybe that's what hey, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't be a bad idea. They do need um, defensive coordinator, and Fangio is pretty much gone. Yeah, so I'm just going to go Spider 2 Y Banana for the win. Las there Vegas. There you go. Love Jacksonville it. at Indianapolis. Matters for Indianapolis because they're currently sitting out at this point, sitting out of the playoffs. Sorry, not sitting out of the game, but sitting out of the playoffs. They're out um, looking in. That's right. So if they win, I think if they win in one of these other four teams, Cleveland, Baltimore, Miami, Tennessee loses, they're in. They're in. So yep. give me Indy. Oh, sorry. I should probably give you the line. That's all right. Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. Jacksonville's <laughs> one win this year came against Indianapolis. Keep that in mind. Won't happen uh, again. Indianapolis favored by 14 points at home. 14 points at home. 50 point over under. Give me Indy. They're they're playing for 14. everything. Jacksonville. I mean, I guess you could say division rival, take them out of the playoffs kind of thing. But Jacksonville has done nothing the last couple weeks. Give me Indy. You know, every single one of these games in Week 17 is a division game. So even if you're not playing for the playoffs, you are probably is it really? Playing... Wow! Look at that. Yeah. Good you job, probably... NFL. You are probably playing against the team in your division that is vying for a playoff spot. So Jacksonville's got Trevor Lawrence all locked up. I don't see why they can't keep it within 14. You know, that's where I was thinking. Like, I I just really – I don't know if I see Jacksonville losing this by 14, but at the same point in time, I don't see Indy screwing this up. Um, Especially if this is the second meeting of the season, Indy's going to know what they're getting themselves into. Mike Glennon threw two picks last week. Is he supposed to start this week or is it Minshew? I'll give you a check on that one. Because if Minshew, if Minshew plays, I think I take Jacksonville to keep within 14. Um, but if, if Glennon's starting, I'm going to Indy all day. Uh, it's, not, it's not readily available for me. Just, I'll, go, just I'll, go, I'll go Indy to cover. I, I just don't see – Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville is actually probably one of the more talented, crappy teams right now. But uh, I just have so little faith in Glennon. Glennon. All right. Or you said Indy to cover. Yes. All right. All right. I'll stay alone on that one. It is, I mean, it is a weird game to try to predict. But moving on, uh, the Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are sitting out probably – he said – they're probably sitting out Patrick Mahomes, which would mean probably Tyreek Hill, probably Travis Kelsey, so, and probably most of the offensive line because they've been banged up all year. Um, so we got the Chargers are, are favored by three and a half points on the road at the Chiefs, knowing that Chiefs are going to be resting their starters. Who's the backup for Kansas City? Is it still Matt Moore? Is it? 
It, uh, I don't. I have no idea because I don't think they've ever that quarterback has ever been in, as far as I know. I have no idea who it is. I think oh. that's what determines it for me. It is. It is Matt Moore. Well, actually, right here, Andy Reid says you will probably be seeing Chad Henney start in the game over Patrick Mahomes sitting. So, hmm. does that help you? Chad Henney. <laughs> give me, give me L.A. Give me L.A. Yeah, I think I'll I'm going to pick the Chargers, too. I'm taking Chargers as well. Lock it Justin, up. Justin Herbert start, or finishes the year strong. Lock it up, Jeremy Lock says. It Next game is a is a classic pick'em. Arizona at the Rams. Both teams need the win to get into the playoffs. Uh, one of these teams will be for sure getting into the playoffs. One of them has a chance of sitting out. Now, the way I'm looking at it, if Arizona wins. And Chicago loses. Both Arizona and the Rams will be in the playoffs. If the Rams win and Chicago loses, the Cardinals will be sitting out. So it matters more for the Cardinals, but for the Rams being a Super Bowl contender two weeks ago, now sitting on the edge of the playoffs, you kind of want to make a statement, I think. Uh, again, there is no line on this game. The Rams are at home, but it is a classic pick em. 39 and a half point over under, by the way, is the lowest in the league. That surprises me. It surprises, surprises me, too. me. I'm taking Arizona. Give me Arizona. I like that offense more. Rams defense Ooh. is good, but that offense, I'm not really impressed with. Give me Arizona. They want it. Kyler Murray wants it. So does Kingsbury. They want it, and they're going to score. Give me L.A. I feel like L.A. is going to pull a, you know, last-ditch effort to make it. They got the stud-level talent. I don't think Cam Akers was healthy last week. I think he's supposed to be back this week, if I remember right. It looks right. Um, yeah. I'll take I'll I believe, Sean McVay. I think what Sean I just, McVay is going to out-coach him. What I just saw today is I think Cooper Cup might be out. Yes, I was just about to say Cooper Cup has been placed on the COVID-19 list. That's right. All right. That is a fair point to bring up the injuries because, obviously, the big one of the week, Jared Goff broke his thumb. Oh, that's right. He is oh, sitting yeah. out of this game. Quarterback John Wolford will be starting. Blake Bortles, I think, got signed off the Denver's practice squad, so I think he's the backup. Jeremy, you still, still uh, taking the Rams? Goff's not playing. No, Goff that's right. I remember that. He he's getting thumb surgery. Jared Goff broke his thumb. Oof. Definitely give me Arizona then. I, I forgot about that. Yep, that was a see that's the thing. Like as a team as a team, Aaron Donald, Jan, Jalen Ramsey, they're like in their heads they're sitting there they're thinking there's no effing way we lose the Jets and just get bounced out of the playoffs. We can't let that happen. Um, Arizona last week played super uninspired against San Francisco. It just didn't seem like Kyler even wanted to be out there, but he is dealing with some sort of injury. It won't keep him out of this game. Uh, L.A. running backs, Darrell Darrell Henderson is likely out. Cam Akers is dealing with an injury but has a chance to return. 
Talk about the battle of the beat-up teams. Holy crap. No kidding. And battling for a playoff spot, too. So, in that last sense – Last time they played – last time they played, L.A. won 38-28. I no Jared Goff. I think that's huge. No Jared Goff. I mean, that as much as – as much as we as we pound the table that he's really bad, <laughs> um, and this who's is starting? Great. So is Blake is Blake Bortles supposed to start? Uh, I can't. So I'm pretty sure he got signed. I can't remember for sure, but he he did. He got signed as like the emergent backup guy or whatever. John Walford will be starting this game at quarterback. Who that is? You know what? You want to know what? I'm gonna stick it out. I'm going L.A. Who he L.A.? He's going big. I'm I gonna, think McVay is going to pull some wild together on that offense. I'm going McVay. He has to. I mean, unfortunately, run, he's going to run 60 times. That's what he can't do. really lean on his running backs if they're both out. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, who is he going to lean on? I'm is gonna, he going to? Is he going to be quarterback? God. He's going to lean on his defense. That's for sure. That, who's, that's hurt, where is, the, who's hurt in Arizona though? Who's hurt in Arizona? Anybody really? Uh, n- nobody really. I mean. Hopkins had something lingering, but he's not going to sit out this game. God, I can't do it to myself. Give me Arizona. Holy crap. I really yeah. want to go L.A., but just because of that defense. But yeah, there's no way, you. especially with how beat up there. All right. I'm going to go Arizona. Wait, you said – just to confirm, Jeremy, you didn't switch, right? You're still he switched. No, he switched over. You just I switched. switched. Okay, yep. right, right. I'll, go Ariz- I'll go Arizona. So All we're right. locking it in. Oh. Lock it in on Arizona. God, that's a – not how I thought this would be going for the Rams. The Rams need the Bears to lose if they lose this game. And that very well could happen. So maybe that's why they're doing this with Goff now, because maybe they have confidence that the Bears will lose and they can still get in. I mean, thumb yeah, surgery. Say, on, they, thumb surgery going to be out for – it's on his throwing hand too. It's thumb surgery on his throwing hand. They said he. the plan is for him to be back for playoffs though. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. Well, I mean, he'll weeks. probably be sitting on his two couch weeks. at home watching the playoffs. Uh, anyway, we locked it in. Next game, uh, it matters for Seattle. So, uh, for me, it's kind of easy. But Seattle at San Francisco, I'll meet at San Francisco, meaning at Arizona, where they're still playing. Uh, San Francisco probably happy to get the hell out of Arizona, so they might finish strong, especially after beating Arizona last week. Seattle is favored by five and a half points in this game. That's Give me Seattle. Please. Give me Seattle. Seattle. Like you just said, they got they're they're playing for too much. They're hoping for a one seed still, maybe a two seed. Do they have a tiebreaker over New Orleans? Well, it wouldn't be. Oh, you mean no? New Orleans has the tiebreaker over Seattle. Yeah, so they want to win. So I'm taking Seattle. They're, they're still all in on this game. And San Francisco has nothing to play for, really. Brandon Ayuk, receiver for the 49ers, is out this game. That's the only injury, really. Kittle's um, back, though, right? Kittle's Kittle, still back? Kittle, Kittle is surprised back. and came back last week. So, yeah, we got – are we all picking Seattle? I'm going San Fran. Ooh, Whoa! Shit. Okay, take it. Kyle Jeremy, I think Kyle, Jeremy's got to be bold. Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to make a statement this last week of the season. Give me the San Francisco Shanahan fighting Niners, Miners, whatever you want to call them. So that's the thing is it's it's still Shanahan. It's still Kittle. It's still a team that's 
just playing inspired. They're playing for each other. They're not really giving up yet. I um, think that team's the type of team that's got that attitude that wants to prove it at the end of the year. Like, hey, we are real beat up, but here we are. Let's fuck somebody's season up, you know? Clarify, not that they're going to really knock them out, but still. To clarify, <laughs> do you think you, you're kind of picking San Francisco to win the game, but for sure within five and a half points? Yes, yes. All right. Seth and I are on Seattle. Uh, moving on, next game, New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans favored by six and a half points on the road, 47 and a half point over under. Carolina's playing pretty good ball. You know, they're not, they're not losing by a ton. And New Orleans needs to see some uptick from Drew Brees. Uh, they have a chance for the one seed. Any word yeah. on if they're sitting anyone? If don't, they, don't, they can't afford to. They can't afford to. Because they're still no fighting for that number. They're still fighting for number one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. If Green Bay loses and both New Orleans and Seattle win, New Orleans has that tiebreaker. They would be the first seed. And it's five and a half? Six and a half points. I'm Give me New Orleans. Give me New Orleans. Give me New Orleans. We're all picking New Orleans. I'll, ta- I'll ride the no Kamara no. train. There you go. Uh, next game, Tennessee at Houston. Tennessee favored by seven and a half points on the road, 56 and a half point over under, meaning a lot of points. Uh, interesting note, or Tennessee kind of coming off a really bad game in the snow, now going down to Houston to play in a dome. I forgot, I forgot to talk about this with Houston. Houston, Houston's pick in the next draft is now for sure a top five pick. They traded that away last year for Laramie Tunsil. That's Miami. Right. Did you see Miami is the first team in oh, yeah. like X amount of years? Yep. <clears throat> to make the playoffs. And, yeah, it's yeah, it's wild. But good, good hey, for Miami. Good for Miami. They they got some some stuff brewing in the next year or two. But uh, again, Tennessee favored by seven and a half points on the road. Give me give me Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. <clears throat> give me Houston. Shoot. Shoot. So, you know. I, Houston, Houston likes to keep these games close, and I think Watson will. Might become my new favorite player other than Aaron Rodgers. Um, but Watson will keep it close, and Tennessee is not playing good defense right now. So, I think this could be a shootout, and I think that will keep it close. No, there's some real mess going on if Tennessee loses this game that uh, they would have the tiebreaker over Miami, Baltimore, and Cleveland if they all have the same record. So Tennessee is in a better position if they, if they lose than Indianapolis would be. If Tennessee still wants the division, uh, the division title. They want that, that home game. So seven and a half points is a lot, though, against Sean Watson. Uh, uh. Uh, I'll go Tennessee. Yeah, okay. I love it. Give me the W. You guys both said Tennessee? No, no taking, I said Houston. Give me Houston. Put that down. Put put the Sean Watson, not even Houston. I was just trying to give you a second chance, Seth. I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. Houston to Sean Watson. Love it. Jeremy and I are on Tennessee. We took that dub right there. All right, Washington. Last game, Sunday night game. Last game of the week seventeen or the 
Wait, did we, did, we pick, did we pick the Green Bay-Chicago game? Did yeah, I totally we did. miss that? We locked it in on Green Bay. Oh, Didn't that's right. To say about it. Sorry, um, I, I, I don't know why. That's okay. Have... We're winding down. This is the last pick, I promise. The last game of the 2020 COVID-riddled season. Washington at Philly, finishing it strong with a great matchup between great teams. Washington is favored by a point and a half only at Philadelphia. Take it sure. away, Jeremy. Give me the football team. <laughs> <laughs> he really just wants it. He, I, I don't even know if he believes it, but he wants it. What's the line? One and a half point. To Washington? To Washington. Give me Philly. Oh boy. Washington needs this win to get in the playoffs. We said Give me Philly to ruin Washington's chances and dreams, crush them. Philly did to Jeremy this year. If the Eagles show up and ruin their playoff, if they if they show up and ruin Washington's football chances or playoff chances and screw up getting a top five pick. I'm going to be so pissed off. I'm going to be so mad. It's just going to be like, not only do you guys suck at football, but you're stupid too. Like, holy crap. suck at sucking. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Washington. I think they're a better team. They have quarterback problems. That will be the reason that they lose this game. Jalen Hurts just decided to – Jalen Hurts just decides to turn it back on and win the game by himself would be the only way this happens, which is very – Plausible. I mean, one and a half point line is kind of speaks to that fact. It looks like, wait, hold on, hold on. Quick update. Ron Rivera believes quarterback Alex Smith has a good chance to start. Well, you Ter- sure don't want Kyle Allen starting. That's for sure. I'm going to pick Washington, though. Take him. Take that's, him. That's run. it. That's the games. That's, that is the gambit, everybody. And that is week 17 wrapped up all in one for a nice little late Christmas present for everybody. Jeremy's going to get a nice one on Sunday night. That's all I know. All right. Jeremy has just been dejected this whole time. Seth has been pissing him off. Jeremy doesn't even want to respond. All of these little pauses and these silent moments have been Jeremy staring at Seth, shaking his head with like these glaring eyes here it is it, it comes back <laughs> i have literally been sitting here reading about why the eagles should lose <laughs> better draft pick face the jets rather than the pats in 21 keep cowboys out of playoffs i'm sold lose the damn game lose the just damn take game. it you know they play to win the game, Jeremy. I think that's what – I can't remember. It might have been Frank Gore who said that two weeks ago when the Jets won their first game. They are like, who is everybody kidding that we're trying to lose these games? We come out here every week to win. That, that's Seth, the thing. Seth, you want to know something? You play to win the game, but when the game is meaningless, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it, it is meaningless, but it may not be to them. All right. It is. It is to me. That's what matters. Well, let's let's hope for an exciting week 17. There's definitely a lot of uh, potential impact here. Going to be some good ones. We look forward to seeing everybody next week so we can talk some MVPs, some offensive players, some defensive player. We'll give Rodgers the award. Can't wait. Can't wait.
All right. Can't wait, dude. Adios. 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 <laughs>